Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello, guys. Hey, y'all. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing today? It was good. <laughs> Oh, God. So this episode is a special episode because we invited um, these two next episodes. We invited um, the parents of Z and the parent, parent, one parent of each of Mia (laughs) and Z and... um, we thought we wanted to share y'all some parental experiences and that were directly connected to us. So we're going to start with Z Thurger. Yeah. Z <laughs> D Zugger. Z, Z Senior. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh and um we wanted to talk a little bit about your experience with having your dad on the show. So, what yeah. before you had him on the show, were you kind of nervous? Um, I wouldn't say nervous, like nervous in the sense of, um, I hope he don't embarrass me. It was more so nervous, like, gosh, I hope that he don't trigger nobody. Because I knew that's what it could have gave and what it did give. <laughs> triggered me because it was only me here i made uh-huh. this was i made it really a point to have mm-hmm. y'all separately right. i couldn't do it with mia because we were actually going to mia's mom's house so it, mm-hmm. i couldn't make it separately but i made a point i wanted it only to be you and him and me gotcha. so okay. because i knew i knew from the beginning of the interview like when he first walked in mm-hmm. just the questions he was asking i knew yeah. he was gonna feel that way mm-hmm. and so his dad when he walked in, I, and I'm and I'm giving him basically the summary of what what we're doing. His dad was like, I, and I was like, well, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. We know that you're coming in the door without with a certain level of education about us. Right. So whatever you want to say, and you're a cis head man, and you're a cis head man, yeah. whatever and you're you, a Christian. <laughs> yeah. So whatever you want to say, be free to say it. 
Right. Like, you're not going to offend anybody. We're going to discuss it. But mm. the whole point is we just want some real people and, you know, say whatever you want to say. He was, And then he was like, um, I didn't say the offending part, but he right. was, I just say whatever you want to say. And then he was like, well, what if it's something that you disagree with? Right, right. <laughs> and I was like, we want that. We're That's used to that. We're used right. to that yeah. and we're, we're expecting it. So right. it's different when it's somebody on the street that we don't know and that right. we're mm-hmm. not inviting to our space. You know, so with you, you know, say whatever you feel. And baby, it was two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> two hours later. So there is the intention of um, another element of my intention was I actually didn't want to do the interview. I didn't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you to interview your dad. Right. And so there was times I don't have a mic <laughs> in the situation. There were times that I used the moment to push his father in a conversation that I don't think, that I think I knew more about than you did. Right, right, Like, there are some things that I would know, like the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, um, Because he he just got into Christianity three years ago, Mm -hmm. and... I did not deep, deep into <laughs> it. Deep into deep, it. Right, 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 right. So I, I grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. I study the Bible. I can quote scripture just as well as anybody. Right, you right, see what I'm saying? Right, so right. I know you can't. Somebody who hasn't studied at the level of me, right, right, may not be able to spar with a Christian the way I can. Right, so there was right, certain right. situations that I, I didn't, I didn't intend for them to be on the mic. In those moments, I wanted to let. First of all, let Z know that I got your back. <laughs> right, 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 right. And and you can't just say something and I not challenge it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, in that kind of way. So there's part of it that it's like a two hour long thing. So, of course, I'm going to cut it. But that was part of it. So mm-hmm. once he came in, once I told him that, he was free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he did name a few times <laughs> that I'm going to bleep out. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I and I most I more so because me and him were usually the types of like debate go back and forth, so I I was leaning so more on the side of I'm gonna just let him express himself and express how he feels. I wasn't gonna be like oh, I'm gonna be super defensive. Of course, I was like, now nah, I'm gonna correct you on this. I'm gonna correct you on this, but and you know I, I prolonged the conversation, but I know that it's him expressing himself is important because he's always been somebody to keep his emotions bottled in and after when we left he was like thank you for allowing me to like express myself and how i feel oh good yeah so i was like okay cool i don't want it to be like a um like a a traumatic moment for anybody in the situation absolutely right thank you yeah (laughs) which is good that's good so i want y'all to enjoy this show I want y'all to um, listen and learn and be understanding. And the point is for y'all to, you know, listen to a parent's point of view and take what you need from it, throw away what you don't need from it. And we hope y'all enjoy this. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my 
finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> all righty anyway thank y'all and the patreon and paypal link is at the bottom back to the show so hey y'all it's z here i'm here with my dad his wife in the background fatima um i'm just here to have a conversation with him open honest conversation um diamond said we didn't really she never had another dad on here um, I'm sure y'all are interested in hearing what he has to say. <laughs> um, Mia loves him, so, you know, <laughs> I'm sure she would love to listen as well. Um, so let's get started. Hey, my name is Ray. Um, <laughs> oh. Z. <laughs> oh. father. You might have to exit that out. <laughs> right. Um, but we call that his dead name. If you speak of a name we don't go by anymore in the community, we say dead name. Um, that's what we call it. If you say our old name, basically that's with anybody. If there's an old name that somebody used to use and then don't go by It'll be so that's a dead, dead name. name? Yeah, dead name. Even though it's alive and well in my heart? <laughs> um, that's what I don't prefer to be called. I don't mind if you do it off air, but I don't want people to know that. Oh. On here. Uh, why is not that change your complete identity with the change in your preference and how you want to be recognized? Um, It's the name I feel comfortable going by. So, I don't know how to explain it. It's just something that I don't feel uncomfortable with you calling me my dad name, but I just have a preference for peep for new people to call me what I want to be recognized by. Like, it doesn't trigger me if you call me it, or mm -hmm. mama calls me it, or even Issa. It doesn't bother me, mm -hmm. but... New people, uh, <laughs> like it's it's a name. It's like basically the name I chose means the same thing as my dad name. I think I understand because Mia. Mm -hmm. I only know her as Mia, right? As no one else, right? And when I see her, I interact with her, I see Mia and no one else, right? So is that the perspective you're coming from? Um, kind of like right there, people that know you. Um, they don't know anything about your past, about your history, and all, they get to know you and recognize you for who you are now. That's actually a good question. Because, like, even when I did look like how I looked, I went by my dad name. But um, it's just an evolving, I feel like. Like, I feel like not even trans people use new names to go by. Like when they find a deeper, like when, like Muhammad Ali, for instance, when you find a deeper um, knowledge of self and like growth, it's not that I'm getting rid of who I was. In fact, I actually just posted like multiple pictures of how I looked before 
to share the journey because I'm not ashamed of the journey. And there's some people that are, mm-hmm. but um, for me, I'm not ashamed of it or really my dad name. But I just, I don't know. I just, it was just kind of like uh, out of respect for everybody that's a part of the podcast. I don't want it to, I don't know. I don't really want it to be, I, I kind of don't want it to be acceptable in this instance because out of respect for, I, I just don't want people to think that's okay to just do openly. Even though I'm comfortable, if we do it in private, mm-hmm. it's just something I prefer. Okay. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it don't make sense, but... Well, when people go into uh, the witness protection program, they don't want to be called by their old name for the fears mm-hmm. of the things that may arise out of that happening. I see it as a similar circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, you date interracially, apparently, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I marry interracially. Exactly. So you marry. <laughs> mm-hmm. If somebody was against your marriage, say um, your wife's parents was against your marriage, y'all adults now, but say you were younger, uh-huh. and your wife and your wife wanted to take your name, and your uh-uh, I'll edit me out, and your wife wanted to take your name legally. I'm married to him. Blah 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 blah. This is my name, and I changed it. This is, I took my husband's name, and your parents, and this is what she wants to be called, even though that wasn't her old name. And, you, and her parents says, "I don't like that man, and I'm not going to accept that name from you, so I'm not going to call you that." Your wife has a right to say, "This is my life." This is what I want to be called. This is my name. Yes, that's the old name that you gave me that has something to do with my family. Um, Back old days, back in the day before I met my Mm -hmm. husband. But right now, this is my husband. This is the choice that I made. And this is the name that I want to be called. Mm -hmm. Would you feel it was okay for them to still disrespect her and use a name that wasn't appropriate for that respected her marriage and her choice of who she loved? Um... It would it would be uh, we're talking about my family or her family not not necessarily I'm, I'm just using uh, it as a right, as, as a hypothetical. That you mm-hmm. um, Do you think that would be respectful for them to continue to use that? Okay, name? let's just say my wife's family was doing that, uh-huh. right? And so now I got to deal with my wife on that issue, right? Mm-hmm. I would counsel her to say to say be accepting of it, of the fact that. They see you as a certain way, and it doesn't hurt my feelings. They don't use my last name when they talk to her. And maybe one day that they'll come around and respect the decisions and choices that she made. But let's not be hurt because of a name, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hurt by that. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. What would be hurtful is the fact that they don't they don't recognize her choices. Mm-hmm. So it's not the name; it's not the non recognition of the, the choices she decided to do in her life. Mm-hmm. So, and, that's, and that's a perfect that's a perfect example. I think that I, I think the name for a trans person this is this is who I am and this is my choice. So if you're not respecting the name, regardless of my past. You not respecting my new name is kind of you not respecting that choice. That's what it would be like. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that point of view, but I don't understand why it has to be that way. <laughs> I understand why you can't say you. You know, 
a little bit about me. I'm a mm-hmm. Christian, and I know that gets thrown around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm a real Christian. Uh, I really believe what the Bible says. I really believe in Jesus Christ, um, and I try to live my life that way now. <laughs> and so, all Christians are people who have been changed from one way to another way. So, <clears throat> in that regard, I, I can I can empathize. I can recognize a change because. I am not who I used to be. <laughs> mm, it's been you know. it's been about four years since I started medically transitioning. About five since I've um, mentally changed my mentally changed my mindset on who I was because of discovering who I was after mm-hmm. doing research. Um, so I know. In that period of time, you started, um, that's when you started getting deeper, I would say, into the faith. That's when I started to see you changing and being more, um, I guess, was, I guess so to say, you started engaging more into, not engaging more, but like just being more into the Bible, I guess, more, mm-hmm. studying it more. Yeah. Hey, audience. So this is a very common conversation between a trans person and their parent um, in regards to dead naming and navigating, you know, them letting that name go is a difficult one. They are holding on to who they wanted you to be. They're holding on to the title that they gave you. They're holding on to who you were when you were younger. And this is the where the interpersonal battle starts between you and your parents. Like, it's like, you know, this is who I am now. Most of us give them time to accept it. This is an exchange that happens early on. And how long that happens really depends on the parent. It depends on how um, dedicated they are to um, being acclimated to this new person, to this new um, identity, to letting go of what they thought you were going to be. There are multiple layers of this dynamic with your parents. The The initial layer is the authority that your parents have when you are born. When you're born, they're your first authority. You do what they tell you to do. You want to please them. You want to make them happy. And as you become an adult, this is anybody trans or cis, you know, that, that level of authority over your life and um, listening to them and um, them making the rules actually lessens as you become an adult. And so as a trans person who wants to keep a relationship with your family because you love them, it's almost like being held hostage because you're waiting on them to come along. Some of them never come along. Some of them take a very, very slow time to come along. And some people get right on board and do the research and do what it takes to really accept the person that you are now as an adult. But know that if you are trying to keep them in your life, they hold a lot of the power in making the relationship work because you have to wait for them to come along with you. So what you are listening to is Z expressing how he is compromising a lot, you know, in private and letting them use his dead name without giving resistance just to um, 
make the situation comfortable because he does see his dad attempting and trying in order to keep a relationship with his father and not make that a big thing. He has chose to compromise. Eventually, those compromises slow down and you either going to get along with it or you're not. And that can make or break a relationship with a family member. So have you always seen signs of me being like a LGBT child? Um, if so, what were they when I was younger? Um, well, where you say signs, I see other other things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, fundamentally, I think people have the ability to choose... And that's what's great about this country mm-hmm. is people have the ability to choose. Mm-hmm. But I think um, so. You you were always with me one billion percent of the time. Mm-hmm. If 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 your mom was going to Astro World mm-hmm. uh, and it was going to be a out of place out of space trip that all the kids could do, mm-hmm. and you knew that about this trip and you love that trip if I wasn't going to go you were going to stay at home with me mm-hmm. <laughs> so you were always with me 1000% of the time um, at the time that you were younger I didn't need to take you to daycare you went to work with me you went everywhere with me mm-hmm. there was not any time where you weren't by my side mm-hmm. and so uh, the things that I saw was that you emulated me <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like you would say LGTB, LGBT, LGBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would say that. I would say that you were acting like your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you were always around me and your uncle, Uncle Kyle, and then other men at the job. Mm-hmm. And um, so the things that I assumed that I saw were you uh, mimicking uh, things that I did and mm-hmm. attitudes that I had at, at that time. So, I don't know, maybe, uh, I, I, I never knew that you had um, issues and concerns about who you were as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that you had a pathological illness um, of being shy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that was affecting you a lot, which is was part of the motivation for me keeping you with me all the time. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want you to be in a world uh, afraid. I know if you were longer you were with me, you weren't going to be afraid. Mm-hmm. So, um, so do you feel like it's your fault that I transitioned? Do you feel like you had a lot to do with it? Uh, yeah, I'm responsible. Uh, I, I don't say fault. I say responsible. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I was there, and uh, and it's it's partly I let you be who you I let you be. You were standoffish and want to not engage in conversation and thoughts and ideas, and I allowed you to do that. I should have said no. Hmm. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna talk about. Just say, just say Z. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Just say because I know she's gonna edit it out anyway. Okay. But to save her the editing time. Yeah. So, <laughs> just so. Say Z. Yeah, and, and that's something that parents do. We have those issues right now with the kids now. Um, me having gone through uh, 
failing in that regard. I see Fatima, my wife, uh, doing the same thing with, with her with her younger ones, and so I, I'm able to put this, to bring it to a stop and say, no, they're still gonna love you. It's not gonna change anything if you say no. If you say no, this is how it has to be. If you engage them uh, with emotions and and thoughts and elicit their thoughts and ideas from them. Do you know that there's single fathers that raise daughters who their daughters grow up? Their daughters might have a little tomboyish to them. That's the most I've heard, but they don't. From what I've heard, from what I've seen, none of them have decided to transition. None of them have felt. I'm sure there's some, maybe. I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not God, but. I'm, I, from what I've seen, there hasn't been many people that transition because they were that influenced by their parent. I feel like that's kind of crazy to think. That's just me. Cause you were definitely tomboys. I feel sure. like that's something that's natural. Like you've never heard, like Mia, my girlfriend, she's been called faggot by her dad, um, called faggot by her mom because they saw her feminine attributes like uh, really young and yes she had two moms and i mean one mom and two and a sister but she had two dads as well a stepdad and her biological father and they felt like they could toughen her up and blah 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 blah. but that's something that comes naturally i feel like the reason why i cling to you so much is because i felt like this is my father and this is like I wouldn't say a father and son relationship because I didn't have the language or even that far thought process but I wanted to be around you because that's the type of energy I I felt like I could relate to that's the kind of energy I've always wanted to be around and I'm sure you can vouch for me that I used to hang out with boys all the time I used to you actually used to be Relax for me I feel like When it came to me Hanging around boys I feel like It's something Like you didn't worry That I was gonna Like be doing stuff With them And you just seemed Like you were comfortable With me hanging out With boys all the time Well um, Honestly I was comfortable You hang around anybody Because you always Made good choices Um, One of the major problems With helping you Along the way With issues that you had Is that you were always Such a perfect child you made self-appointed straight A's in school for the most part. Never had to push you about doing homework. Never had to push you about cleaning your room. You were upset with us for not being as clean as you wanted to be. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, totally. So, <laughs> and and you when you didn't reach excellence, you would be frustrated. And so and also you you got one spanking. And ain't because I think I remember it too. <laughs> that's, that's not because you had a dad ignoring discipline. That's because you were good. Issa got a bunch of them. <laughs> yes, she did. So she wasn't quite as 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 good as you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that and that was part of the why. <laughs> straight, she's good. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as she with me, she's straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, and that and that's how it was. That's how it was with you growing up. I know you've made comments like you feel like I hate you and all types of crazy stuff. And I don't feel that way at all. Um, I don't resent either one of y'all. 
Um, but I do feel like I have been very emotionally dependent on myself, emotion, emotionally independent. And it's a reason, it's part of the reason why it's so hard for me to open up to people. And I think a lot of that has to do with my shyness that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But what actually helped me so much with getting over that shyness and being open is the happiness of transitioning. Like, the happiness of finding myself and not feeling like I'm this because of this reason. Like, even in the back of my head, I'm like, in the back of my head, I was thinking, um, am I transitioning because I was so close to my dad, but then I really thought, like, that's silly to me. Like, that's that's silly to me. I, I don't feel like, I, I feel like a kid that young, like, I just remember, like, wanting to like just wanting to wear boxers like just stuff like you don't think of I just don't feel like a kid thinks like I feel like yes you do think like oh I want to be like my dad when I grow up I want to be just like my mom when I grow up that's normal but I don't think when it comes to like gender like that deep of gender issues so like what I was going through through puberty time like I I'm sure you you and mama saw the signs of me like like my eating disorder problem like I would get really skinny out of nowhere and then like really big out of nowhere I don't know if you noticed that but just puberty is when I hit rock bottom and that's usually what happens for a lot of trans people usually when they hit that that natal born puberty that's when a lot of people go through a lot of like mental and emotional distress and it wasn't like that for me, like, being young. But I do remember, like, liking girls. I do remember liking boys as well. Um, liking both equally. And I don't feel like it was a gender thing because, like, even I identified as a girl at that time and liked girls and felt like a girl. And everybody told me I was a pretty girl, which I was. And... I felt like, okay, I'm just a lesbian, but I never really identified with that. I didn't feel comfortable in that. I didn't, because I knew that I still, there was still an attraction to guys there somewhere. So I was like, no. So it wasn't until I really just broke it down and went to a therapist and tried to understand it deeply. Um, you know, when you first started school, um, we have to go to school with you. You wouldn't interface with the teacher, with the students, anybody. Mm-hmm. So your mom and I took turns going to school with you and acclimating you to being in the classroom mm-hmm. and acclimating you to the teacher. And then you just kind of hung around with the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always, always throughout your younger years um, bridging the gap with you out into the world. Mm-hmm. I never wanted you to go out and really be uncomfortable. So I was always doing things to make it so you could feel uh, as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of your mechanisms would be um, you would hide your face. You would hide away. You would stand behind me. You would um, stay in the car and scoot, scoot down in the car. <laughs> so I, I got a question for you. That might be insulting. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm, I'm you don't think that on some level that you being transgender is you hiding in plain sight? Uh, that your illness is um, <clears throat> your illness is displaying itself in 
the ability to hide in plain sight. Because one of the things you always hated was people coming up to you telling you how pretty you were. People coming up to you, touching your hair and looking at your eyes. Oh, look at those eyes. You hated that stuff. And it made it, it made you, it actually, you would be comfortable and then somebody will see you and come to you and talk about your hair, want to touch it, and look at your eyes, want to talk about your eyes, and then that would make you crawl back into your shell for for that day. I don't feel that way. Like, not not one bit. I, but you, you make me think about stuff because, like, you make me think, but then I just sit back and think of how silly it is to me. But it's not far-fetched. I get it. But it's just... I wish I I feel like it's talking to a brick wall. Like when it comes to certain stuff, okay, one, being one, a trans person. One more example. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Z was she loved he. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, it was she. Okay, so appreciate I, I, I the get, effort. I get the okay, on that, that's okay? fine. <laughs> yes, you can reference to me. Loved basketball with a passion. Right. Like you see, professional football players, they. They are doing it with a passion. Professional basketball players, they do it because they have a passion. Mm. Uh, Z had that same passion for basketball. Um, Z could have gotten all kinds of scholarships. And her coach and I discussed, if Z would just go to that next step and not rely on the teammates and not shy away from the spotlight, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the scouts would be falling all over her, you know. But no matter what I would try to do to try to get you to be the Michael Jordan, because you had the ability to be the Michael Jordan on the court, but you wouldn't because it would bring the spotlight. You do you, do you does that sound silly? Does that your recollection or your experience at all? That don't that don't sound silly. But I do feel like a lot of it had to do with my image, like. That's why conversation is important. A lot had to do with how I feel like I how I looked, and I would starve myself so much to where my muscles would literally break down to where I wasn't strong enough to go as hard as I wanted to in some of the games, and so like I would physically be exhausted, but I would still do good. But I would physically be exhausted. Um, I. I had a really huge butt. I hated how my butt looked. <laughs> like that's all I would think about. I'm like, I know my butt looks very feminine right now. One of the like, things a lot of it had to do with little boys giving you a lot of attention for. With a trans person, so all the things that you just described, like the pretty eyes, the pretty hair, the big butt. All that is associated with being a girl. So, if I'm a trans person, a little trans child doesn't know the language or anything like that. But if they are associating, associating themselves with a boy and you're giving them attention for all this stuff that they don't want attention for, they're going to shy away from that. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, Mm-mm, I don't like that. Because they don't, they don't associate themselves with these pretty girly things that you want them to associate with. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure if I agree with the science on that, but with with Z, it was any attention, any attention she shot away from. I, I could see that. You like know? I so, could. Which is surprising because that is not him now. 
<laughs> I can see that. Like even like even over the years, Diamond and Mia have seen how I've slowly opened up more. Like with personal stuff. Like it's not even just about appearance. Like it's about a shell that I keep for my protection because I know people are bound to let you down. So I shut myself off to people because of so much emotional distress in the past, like hopping from family member to family member that didn't really give. A, I wouldn't say give a D word, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they didn't care. Duchess, she cared, but she's mean. Yeah, I, <laughs> so she cared I, in a mean way, you know. Which is, I wouldn't say they didn't care, but it was just like I felt like I was just being babysitted. Like I felt like I wouldn't ask, like, "How do you feel today?" Like I don't ever remember being asked, "How you feel today? You feeling okay?" Um, like how how was school? How you feeling? Like the only person I could think of is that coming from is you or Mama. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we mostly spent time with our family members because y'all was out working, which I don't blame y'all for. But you know you gotta pay the bills, and you had your own company at the time. So, um, I don't resent that, but I just felt like a lot of that had to do with just a lot of emotional distress. But I feel you, like I I completely believe you that I was shy, like I. Completely believe that I was shy, and mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a lot more issues that I have along with being transgender. That just that is just one small part of me, but it has a lot to do with how I experience the world. Yes, um, I feel like we have a lot to offer what we have to say um, in our perspective, but that's only one part of me. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of uh, other million things I have that I need to work on. A lot of um, other things that I, I've been told I have something else to where I care about people's opinion a lot. I forgot what it's called, but that's something as well. I just feel like being trans is its own category. Like, I see it, I, like, I have to break that down by itself. I have to break down each part of me down by itself as its own individual issue. And some of them go into intersections um, based off whatever the issue is. But um, it makes me feel bad that you kind of feel like it's part of your fault or something. Like, it's your fault that I'm masculine. Like, it's, <laughs> and I'm not the most hyper masculine person either. Like, your mama I, told me it's your fault. Doing what she's doing. <laughs> mama, mama told you that? Yeah. Wow, I was about yeah. to ask you if y'all had a conversation, but let she me. She doesn't talk much, but yeah, that's, that's about the only thing. Yeah, that's like, what she said. Have you have y'all had like conversations like around me being trans? Like, what have they? Well, I started been to like? recognize. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the way you started hearing my voice see, and see what's going on. No, when I started to recognize that you had um, more than a tangential affection for females. Uh, oh. I say, Sue, what's going on? You know, at a certain point, the business started failing and devoted a billion percent to it. And so um, I wasn't hardly around, especially towards the later high school, Mm -hmm. the last year or two of high school. Um, I started recognizing some things and I said, Sue, what's going on here? I I I depended on her to find out what was going on with you. And so 
And I, I, I could recognize some things. And I would ask her about it. I, I actually kissed uh, the. Fr- I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear this, but I kissed the first girl when I went to Imani school. Mm, that was like first grade, kin- kinder. That's typical for even for uh, normal heterosexual. I don't want to say normal, but for non transgender people. But yeah, yeah, it it's was normal it for w- girls to explore sexuality. Yeah, but I'm saying it's always been there. You, I was, I say that to say. I say that because I felt like you were saying you just started noticing. No, I, at no that so high when when time. I noticed when I started noticing. Oh, okay. Um, I asked your mom about it, and then <clears throat> me, she, me and trans and me liking girls. Um, something was different. Something was off. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, so you know. Remember, in my is it when I brought that girl over? It was before that. Okay. So when I, when I saw the girl, I wasn't surprised because I had already recognized. Okay, something was different. <laughs> Come so, on now, you know I've been dressing masculine. Always, you always been you always been a tomboy. Okay. You always been just like you want to have. If you I had, didn't equate if I had that red way. boots on. You wanted red boots. If I had a black shirt, you wanted a black shirt. You didn't equate that. You didn't equate that at the time with being gay. Like you I didn't equate where you spending all of your time with me and want to be just like me. You talking like me, you acting like me, and you <laughs> Z, you want to work with me every do you realize you never went to daycare? Not a yes, single day. Yes, and I appreciate that. Not one single day of daycare. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. No babysitters except I hired the babysitter to be in the office to, to watch you. The dispatcher I hired, okay, you gonna dispatch and you can watch my child when I can't, when I can't be here, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I gotta leave. I gotta leave right here. So Gracie and all the dispatchers that came through, their job was to babysit you when I couldn't be there. So you emulated me in every which way that you could possibly do so. Okay, so you even wanted to cut your hair <laughs> to go back <laughs> like to my hair. to go back to what you were saying. What was you and Mama conversations like? When you first started Your mom is uh, Probably Why we divorced Is Well not why we divorced Why our relationship Did not work out She is the Probably The worst possible Communicator on the planet <laughs> To me Okay To you Okay Okay to Okay, okay. We, uh, we There was no Foundation <laughs> for communication None Zero We couldn't Um <clears throat> To have a conversation about you guys, which I would force, it would cause her to be angry. She would end up being mad after after me getting out from her what I need to get from her about, you know. Truth be told, you're not so great at it yourself. I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but you definitely... No, uh, but we I feel like we're comfortable talking with each other, but when it comes to emotions, personal stuff, yeah, I've heard you do that mostly with Issa. Yeah, Issa is um, That's my sister Yeah, Issa There's no No boundaries with her Z, you You were always Comfortable over there In the corner by yourself (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not not comfortable But you always seem I'm an introvert You always seem happy Not having Mm -hmm. To interact too much Not having to interact too much And And my method was I wanted you guys to be happy, and so your grades were good. You you were a good citizen. Um, 
okay, this is what makes her grades good. This is what makes her a good citizen. This is what makes me not have to spank her. This is what, what makes me never have to yell at her. Then uh, I'm going to let her be her because this is where she's comfortable at. But with Issa, <laughs> Issa, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. <laughs> what were you thinking when you did this, when you said that, or Issa? I need to tell you about something because <laughs> mm-hmm. she's unpredictable. She might go do something wrong. <laughs> so I had to cover those bases long before she made it to it. You, you know what I mean? But with you, 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 were, you were an excellent citizen. That's my fault. That's my fault for not not being able to um, not giving you what you needed emotionally and. Um, you know, psychologically, because I was the one raising you. I did all the PTA. I did all the doctor's appointments. I did everything. You know, so that part, I thought you were good at, and I shouldn't. Have, I failed on that on that regard. Mm-hmm. I just felt. I didn't realize gosh. it until I got that letter from you. Maybe you'll, maybe, maybe if you listen to me more. And hear my story more of what I have to say. You won't feel. I feel like I kind of feel bad that you feel like I guilt that I'm trans. Like you feel like I'm. I want to be you so bad. Like not now, not now, Z. Uh, no, but like even like when you were younger. I know, but do you see what that insinuates? Though, do you see that insinuates the whole reason why I transition is to be like you? Do you see how that kind of we insinuate that Like <laughs> I don't I, know how to I say it I think it's a multitude of things I don't want to speak for you But I only have what I think Okay you, so, You're entitled to what you think So I think it's a multitude of things um, Parents breaking up That's a biggie Parents divorcing that, That's a huge thing um, <laughs> Your illnesses Your illness that you had That's that's a big component of it uh, Me not allowing you to socialize With other kids and uh, socialize out in the world Allowing me Yeah I kept you with me all the time You don't really realize that If I was there You was there You don't oh, really okay. realize that So And and Now I know that You don't do that with kids You let them go out into the world And socialize Even though they're gonna scream their heads off When you drop them off at the babysitter They need that time to socialize And to be able to establish relationships And stuff That's like true. that You know <laughs> you you think that that because of holding Z close and all these various things, the breaking up of the mom, you know all of those things happen to multiple people and they don't transition. Um, you know, transitioning LGTB, um, <laughs> gay, like, none of that is new. None of it. Not it's not new. Mm-hmm. It's, it's existed from the beginning, the foundations of the world, people on the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, How'd you know that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe the Bible. I believe what the Bible says. You know, and so... Um, and history, is the Bible is a historical document. And so I, I'm not going to close my eyes and, and think and hope that, you know, this is not what's happening with my, with my child, you know. So, I don't specifically with trans people. Uh, 
there are no scriptures in the Bible for that, but that is covered under um, under homosexuality because okay, so there's no difference. Hmm? What about eunuchs? Eunuchs were people who men whose genitalia were removed, and they had they had as a result they had no they had no sexual uh, they don't have the typical sexual desires of most men. That didn't imply. Uh, that did not imply that they wanted. To, they didn't. They lost their sex organs. They lost the the organs that create the sex hormones. So they did not have the sexual desires that men have. They didn't. So let me explain an actual scripture to you. There's a scripture. Matt, I actually have a Bible. So you can check it out. I got one right here. Um, Matthew nineteen twelve. If you want to see it. Um, no, I got. Matthew, I got it right here. Gotcha. Matthew 19, chapter 19, 12, talks about eunuchs, and it talks about eunuchs being born that way, that come out of the womb, and then it talks about eunuchs who were created by men that way, not themselves, but created by men that way, and then it talks about eunuchs who chose to be that way. And in the end of the scripture, it says, whichever one whoever choose that life they go ahead they should accept it so what that tells me in those three those three categories the first category is that there are people on earth the bible is saying that there are people who were born hold on let's, let's let me stop you right there mm-hmm. you say matthew uh, 19 12 19 my phone's messed up so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, matthew make sure i'm at 19 chapter 19 Verse 12. Okay. 19 and 12. Okay. So 10. This is Jesus blessed the little children. That's 11. Let's see. Look at that. 12. That's 13. 14. Father, within this, within this. Yes, Matthew 19, 12. Okay, 11. Maybe I was looking at. Sorry, is that 12 right under Jesus? Oh, yeah, phone. That says. Right, right here? Yeah. That's 13. It's 13? Yeah. Oh, I see. I saw eunuch. I saw the word eunuch somewhere. Okay, tell me what 12 starts. What version is that? King James? New King James. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, there are eunuchs who are made by eunuchs. So it says for there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who chose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The ones who can choose to accept this should accept it. So that part right in the beginning, because when I was growing up, a lot of people used to say that you were born either man or woman. So let's get into this. Now. Yeah. Let's get into this. And so... Okay, the subject here is Jesus teaching celibacy. Okay? Mm-hmm. He yes. said to them, all cannot accept, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, 
and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Yes. So accept what? What is it? The life of a eunuch. The life in the cultural stands right there. No, it, that time it, of the, no, the it is <clears throat> the it is someone who does not have sexual predilection. The oh. it is someone who does not have the desire to, uh, to the desire to be sexually intimate with a female. Culturally, so outside of the Bible, we know what a eunuch was used for. What it was. Um, what was culturally what it was for. Now, what it doesn't really go into culturally on the in the Middle East in the Bible. So, I, but I I don't want to right. not discredit that. So cool. Okay. But what was really interesting, which nobody told me when I was younger, is for there are eunuchs who were born this way. So that means that you came out of the womb in a way that was a little bit effeminate. No, you came out of the womb without uh, the ability to be sexually interested in someone. You came out of the womb um, with some kind of, with the idea, like uh, Paul. Paul is the author of most of the New Testament. Um, He said that he had no desire to marry or no desire to be with a woman. And that was a blessing for him to be that way. But for those of you who don't have that blessing, those of you who don't have that ability, those of you who don't have the, <clears throat> who cannot see past your predilection to desire women, it's better to marry than to burn. <laughs> better to marry than to burn with desire. Later on in the scripture, it says that a, a eunuch was created by others. So that means somebody did something to them, normally castration. Right? Castration, yeah. Nor- so... The castration is not some, it's the, the the ability to be castrated, either by yourself, by somebody else, or mm-hmm. born, or that, born way. that way. Yes. So that means that there's some physical difference in how they were born in their sexual presence. What did you, what word did you use? <laughs> the, the desire <laughs> to have sex. <clears throat> but desire it, to have sex, <clears throat> desire to, what this tells in, in this scripture to me, it tells me that. Some people were born in a way that's different than normal male and female. Because it says it right here, that they were born in the way that either, even if you just take it to the castration, if you just think about the castration, mm-hmm. people were born in a way that's different physically Okay. than male and female. Okay. And some people decided to mm-hmm change somebody else's body for their own need. No, it doesn't say that. We can't, there's two different, three different kinds. So let's, not, let's, let's not read into it because the nuances are important. So, yes, explain it to me. So, one, so it's three different type of people that they're describing in the scripture. One that was born away, one that was created away by others, and then one that they created themselves that way. They decided themselves. It's It's... <clears throat> With regard to sexual predilection, mm-hmm. there are eunuchs. And eunuchs are men who have no desire to have sex mm-hmm. because of some kind of situation going on with their genitals. Okay? Okay, so either they were born that way, mm-hmm. 
without a predilection to have sexual intercourse, some kind of some kind of speak Spanish, possibly some kind of uh, uh, some kind of mutation where that happens even today. Okay, so where somebody in their genes created some kind of. A genetic mutation uh, resulted in them not having genitals. Okay, okay. <clears throat> somebody. Biologically, cut. we know there's multiple ranges of that. What science has taught us now. Now, this is the Bible that's been that was years ago. But what science we know now is that there are multiple ranges of how genetics can make people intersex. Uh, no, I don't agree with that. I, I, mm. but, but you that's can't right. have. You can't be born with uh, a vagina and a penis, a, 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 a mutation. <clears throat> Is that what you mean by intersex? Mm-hmm. Yes, but there's people who, there's Swear syndrome, Dave Chappelle syndrome, not Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle syndrome, um, Kleinfelter syndrome. There's multiple syndromes where it's not just a dick and a penis. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's, the girl, the uh, it was supposed to be a male, but the gonads didn't drop down, and so when they was born, the doctors thought that they had a vagina. It's multiple things, so it's multiple yeah. ways that this can manifest that intersex, intersexism. Okay, uh, okay, and so a eunuch is born, a eunuch can be made castrated. That's a third, and a eunuch can castrate themselves. Right, but okay. the middle one is somebody else doing it. Somebody else, yeah. That's that, that's what that's a typical way that, that that they had of ensuring that the harem of kings uh, yeah, were prote- <clears throat> were protected. Okay, these guys are they're they were forcing them. They're, they're forcing, to yeah, to take care of concubines. That was the culture, right? Ooh. So what are you what are you saying? My point is my point is that in to me nobody shared this scripture with me. The scripture, because this scripture has a lot of nuance in culture. When it okay, comes to let, me, let me ask you this. What does the scripture mean to you exactly? For me, it's affirming. Affirming what? It's affirming that there, when people act like that we can't be the, the way that we are born, that they pretend like there's no nuance in how people were born genetically, even though science backs us. And now here in the Bible, it's, it talks about people being born a different way than male and female. That's affirming to me. Uh, but it's not doing that because these guys are men. These guys are all men. But they just are female units. I've, I've never heard of one. Uh, this, this right here. <laughs> this right here is referring to men to, to males. This is referring to men. So. Okay. <laughs> but, but even if that's the case. It's still a way that somebody is being born genetically that is different than just flat out male and flat out female. Because if you're if you're because castration is the balls that not working, right? It's mm-hmm. taking the balls out. Mm-hmm. If you were born a way where your balls don't work, or your your genitalia didn't form in the right way, mm-hmm. it is because you were didn't fully develop as a male. You know, because um, everybody's female in the, in the birth in the in the conception until. The, you know what a mutation is? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Once when, when the, the gene is coding for these different proteins, mm-hmm. somewhere along the way, 
it doesn't work right and something else is created or less than is created and was supposed to be, uh, <clears throat> those are phenotypical changes, okay? Those, those changes aren't necessarily going to be passed on to the offspring of the person that has it. No, it's not. You understand what I'm saying? So that, that's not a... It's not a fund a mutation is not a fundamental change in the nature of a being. It's a change in the expression that on that particular person. If I, I, you can castrate me, right? And I'm a unit, and so I already had I already had Z. She's not she she's gonna be Z is gonna be uh, exactly what she was gonna be regardless of whether I was castrated or not. If you follow what I'm saying, so <clears throat> mutations they typically don't survive down through to the next lines because they are mutations. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that on this public forum. That's the truth. I don't, I I don't think, know nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I do not. I think it's possible. I think it's possible that um, there was a mutation in a gene for melanin, and because of the region that they grew up, that they lived in, um, it was possible for that. No, I don't think it's. I don't think white people are a mutation. I don't. I haven't read. I'm. I'm a biologist. I haven't read anything about that. No, I I think it's a I think it's an arrangement in genes and the passing of genes from one to the other person, and what are um, dominant and recessive traits. That's what determines what Z's eyes is. My eyes are like uh, Z's mom's eyes are like. She has dominant. Uh, genes for light colored eyes and maybe she had another recessive gene for a certain color of eyes for my grandparents and so she ended up with light colored green eyes you know based off dominance and recessive no it's not it's not it's no it's not because um, you can the way they put together dogs and plants and all kind of stuff like that is based off dominance and and recessive not based off mutations you understand those are those are phenotypical changes, uh, not geno not genotypical changes. Uh, you phenotypical changes are how genes are expressed, and based on the combination of the genes that are put together, you come up with different with variants in the phenotype, and the phenotype is what makes a thing look like it looks. You understand? So, <clears throat> um, although somebody has green eyes, they still are human. Although somebody has blonde hair, they still are human. Um, those are phenotypical variances based off dominance and recessive. So I can't say that white people are a, a mutation. Now, somewhere early, early, early in the line of white people, after God moved everybody, um, there could have been a mutation that made it possible for uh, these people with this mutation to be able to exist uh, through the environment. And so now the only phenotype, only genotype and phenotype that are being passed along are the, the 
are the ones for that skin color. You understand? Yes. But I'm not saying those people are are mutants. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that that, I'm that they could have arisen out of a fundamental mutation, the loss of the melanin, the loss of the melanin gene, and these people were able to to, to exist that way because of the environment. And so, but you're actually saying what I'm saying. Okay, uh, I want to. The, the color mutated from the, the original people. It mutated and it allowed them to keep that same phenotype in the area that they were because of the lack of sun, where they lived at, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it still was a mutation from from black people. That's what but, I mean. But but I mean, Diamond to 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 attribute anything other than uh, men who who don't have predilections towards sex mm-hmm. to this scripture, uh, I don't think it would be an appropriate interpretation. Mm-hmm. So the culture was very different during the times of the Bible than it is now when it comes to the level of agency that we have over our bodies and choices that we can actually make with our bodies. So it is really hard to compare our time now and the time back then. What I was trying to do is point out that there was a place in the Bible that acknowledged that some people were born a certain way that was outside of the box of binary that was a part of the culture at the time. And it's a part of our culture now. So because you don't have the level of agency over your body, there were some eunuchs who were punished. They didn't choose to become eunuchs. They were punished and forced into being eunuchs. There were eunuchs who, because of socioeconomic status that being a eunuch gave, they chose to be a eunuch. There were a lot of people who would become a eunuch so they can have a a level of social mobility upwards. So they make the decision to go through procedures. So that's the person who would choose to do that. And a lot of the people that chose this, not all of them, but a lot of people that chose this lifestyle were people who were queer, queer in their physical bodies and queer in their sexual proclivities, queer. It wasn't just about. It wasn't just about sexuality. It was a lot of times about getting out of the situation that they were in. And a lot of times it was poverty. A lot of times it was lack of access to power. And so they would make these decisions. I would change their life and change their body just so they can have access to power. It wasn't about they just wanted to be celibate. It wasn't just that. It was, this is how I can get access to things so I can make this decision. And those are just the people who were making the choice. But as the scripture said, there were people who were born a particular physical way that would go into the life of being a eunuch because their body was different. And then there were people who were actually punished and forced into being a eunuch. So when Jesus was talking about this in this particular scripture, he was talking about it from the context of celibacy. Absolutely. But there were some cultural things that were happening that must be acknowledged in regards to why this was important, why this storyline needed to be even brought up. And I wanted to give a little bit more context 
in the conversation about this particular scripture. A modern day example of how trans people and intersex people and eunuchs manifest under a particular culture is the Hijra in the a modern day version is the Hijra in the Indian Hindu culture. How they maneuver in their world is different than how we maneuver in America. Trans people in America have a privilege. It doesn't seem like it, <laughs> but we have much more privilege to um, self-actualize and do and and have our life look a certain way where over there, their lives look different based on the culture that they live in. So there is um, a superstition around their lives. They tell, they bring them to when babies are born, they bring them to weddings, they bring them to things because they are culturally seen to bring good luck. So they will show up in order to survive. They will show up at weddings and christenings and births asking for money. (laughs) And if you don't give, if you turn them away, it is the superstition of the culture is that it will bring misfortune to your family. So because of that's how the culture is set up, these people live on the street and they hustle and they you will see them walking the streets, knocking on car doors. And if you turn them away, the superstition is that you won't get luck. So that is how they make money. That is how, as a, a trans person, a eunuch, because hijra is translated in the English language as eunuch, um, this is how they are forced to manifest themselves in the culture. They do these sneaky things to get people to give them money because this is because they won't hire them in regular jobs. They won't treat them like tra- regular people. So they there's plenty of documentaries out that you can go watch and listen. But this is what I mean. In this particular culture, because of they not because this culture is not making room for trans people to fully actualize and fully self-determine, they are forced, they they're forced into this like metamorphosis, into this like mutated version of transness that looks a particular way based on how the culture is. It is no coincidence that in all three of the cultures, from the one back in the Bible days, to the American trans people, to the Hindu Indian trans people, we are all forced into sex work. We are sexually objectified. A lot of eunuchs back in the Bible days were used as quarter zones, not just to take care of harems. Yes, they were there to take care of harems as well, um, but they were used as quarter zones. They were used as prostitutes and sex workers and concubines. That is no coincidence that we all suffer a level of being forced into sex work, being forced into those black market type of survivals It's no coincidence that that is the case as well in all three of the cultures. And when we and that's the point I'm trying to make. When you go back to the culture of the Bible, how we look in that culture is going to be different than how we look now. But that particular scripture at least acknowledged that we existed. A lot of times when we talk about people in the Bible, we talk about them in a certain way in the context of our culture now, totally eliminating what was going on with the culture back then. When we talk about Naomi and Ruth and um, Orpah, 
These were women who had been through a famine and lost their husbands. And in that time, women, their survival was based on their proximity to their fathers and their proximity to their husbands. Patriarchy had a certain weight in a woman's life that we do not see in today's culture. So when we talk about Ruth being loyal to Naomi, when we talk about Naomi going back to Judah, when we talk about Orpah going back to her family and the choices that these three women made, it was not choices that was just, oh, I'm just going to be loyal to my mother-in-law or I'm just going to be loyal to to these things, it was these are the only options that we had in order to survive. I have to make these choices because these are the only options in the culture that I have. It's not about me being loyal. It's about me surviving. And the whole point of the story of Ruth and Naomi and um, Orpah was to establish how King David came to be. Israel was in a position to where it was two states. It was it was split. It was chaotic. It was not, um, you know, it was not the nation that it would become. What made it become the nation in the Bible was King David. And one element that was important to King David um, bringing the kingdom together was the fact that his mother was a foreigner. She was from Moab. So that was an important thing to bring because they were in war against each other. They were in conflict. So him having a foreign mother allowed him to be the type of king that could bring the kingdoms together. And so that's the whole point. And most of the time when we tell stories, men, because the men are in power, the narrative of the story is based on them. Like what the arc of the story is based on them, is based on power, is based on privilege. And so the people telling the story, telling that story <laughs> are going to, you know, that old proverb that talks about, you know, the story would be different if the lion <laughs> was telling the story if and the hunter wasn't telling the story. The hunter is going to tell a whole different story than the lion. Um, and I think... That same concept can be understood when we talk about the eunuchs. The eunuchs were a unique, had a unique position in the culture of the time. And anybody who falled outside of the normal male, female social position, these are the places that you would find them. But you wouldn't talk about them because they didn't have the power to tell their own stories. There's a few eunuchs who became powerful. Um, One who was in a sexual relationship with Alexander the Great. Um, There was, it's it's, just because of the position they played in the kingdoms and in in power, they were able to um, wield a lot of power because they were um, in these positions. They were they were out of the slums and into the kingdoms. And so, when we why I make this a trans topic, a trans person that was born in this time did not have the freedom to manifest what we can manifest now in regards to medical, in regards to science. They were just doing what they what they 
what the culture said that they were allowed to do. And somebody born a specific way or forced to be a specific way or choosing to be a specific way, um, to me, that affirmed that there were people in the past who were born a certain way and they were just making things work (laughs) within the culture that they were born into. And so it's not to totally equate being a eunuch with a trans person. It's really just to show that there were people who fell outside of the lines. And so me, knowing how culture works and knowing how even our culture today has certain narratives about trans life, certain narratives about um, black life, certain narratives about a woman's life, That because men are telling the stories, they don't give you the nuances of why certain decisions were made, why certain um, things went a certain way. So I wanted to make that point. Well, that's what we was talking about. (laughs) Um, What future did you envision for me or wanted to see for me? Hmm. Uh, someone who had uh, a college education. That's it? That's it. And happy. I uh, remember you saying, well, I don't know. I, this could be just me dreaming, but to piggyback off the basketball thing, I remember you saying you didn't want me to play college ball. I didn't. Um, I wanted you to be happy playing ball. And... Um, <clears throat> I noticed as you got into 11th to 12th grade, it started becoming stressful for you. Mm. And so I'm then thinking, okay, going on to the next level, um, Z not tall enough. Because I started looking at um, I started looking at, at ball players in the big schools, females, and they're big. You know, they're, they're tall. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so I'm I've thinking seen some short ones, but go ahead. to. <laughs> To minimize the hurt of you not being able to achieve something you want to do, I'm thinking maybe it's better if he goes to a smaller school, plays ball, enjoys it, plays it for the enjoyment, and then moves on to a profession and not think about a career in the WNBA or anything like that. Okay. Um, so, how do you envision my future now? Uh <clears throat> There's a scripture that says, no one comes to the Father except through the Son, and no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws. Okay, your interest in God is not possible in and of and by yourself. Mm-hmm. For you to be interested in God and things of God, that means God is calling you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your question is what I think is your, your future now? And what? How do you envision it now? I envision... Um, you said that you had made a final decision about the full transition because um, you may want to have kids. Um, you're still interested in females and in males. Um, so you weren't 100% made up. So what I envision is um, somewhere along the way, I think, and this is just me now, this is based off ah, things here we said go. to me. Go ahead. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, I think you're going to make up your mind. You're going to make up your mind what you want to do. And if you're interested in God, if you're following God, 
God is going to help you make up your mind to do what he wants you to do. Okay, be specific. What do you say I'm going to make up my mind? And you, you, I'm assuming, I'm assuming where you're going with this, but I want you to clarify. Oh, you want to know what? Yes, be real. Just be okay, real. If, if God would decide you'd be one way or the other, basically you're saying what would he decide? No, I'm saying... You saying, but I said how you envision it. I'm, but what you were saying about what you were saying, I'm having some ideas, but I want you to clarify <laughs> on what you mean by that. That I'm gonna pick, pick a side or pick whatever I want to do. And you saying I like males and females. I feel like where I feel like I know where you're going with it, but I want you to clarify. Okay. <laughs> First, let me let me say something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think. I really am a true Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes, I know. <laughs> I believe the Bible. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and that belief in the Bible and God, I have talked to you enough to see that your interest in God is legitimate. Yes, sir. The true interest in God, things of God. Yes. There is no way that you can have that interest if God didn't give you the desire to have that interest. Right. God would not give you that interest and that desire to be interested in him if he wasn't calling you to be with him. Right. <clears throat> when your final relationship with God is established, when mm-hmm. you say, okay, God, I'm going to walk the pathway that you have set for me, that pathway will be as a female. And so now, what to be determined is what you have to give up to sacrifice in order to walk that pathway. Okay, the decisions you make now will determine what you will end up having to give up then. And a silver lining in my cloud for you is um, Mia. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What do you mean by that? The reason why I laughed is because... <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. Okay. All parents, if they're good parents, want the best for their children. Correct? Oh, so now there's. I think we're on the same page right here. <laughs> oh Lord. Go ahead. God go ahead. sees Z as a female, God sees Mia as a male. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of the choices they're making right now here, God sees you for what he made you as. And if you stay on the pathway to being what God would have you be, then your final analysis, that would be a female serving God with or without sacrifices. If you stay with Mia and Mia stays on it and God, the Bible says the, 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 um, the saved, the saved wife sanctifies, the believing wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband, and the believing husband sanctifies the unbelieving wife. Okay, so if you were Mia and you're married to Mia, your relationship with God is going to result in Mia being sanctified. And so what is that going to do? That is going to result in Mia wanting to live a life for God. And then that's going to make uh, Mia decide that her that relationship with God is more important than her own desire to be 100% comfortable in her own skin 
It's going to require a sacrifice, and she live as a man, and you live uh, as a woman. Oh, Jesus, I cannot imagine Mia. I was thinking, fuck First of all, I cannot envision Mia trying to be nobody man. All things. <laughs> First of all. What he's saying is that because he's a real Christian, and he believes in the power of God and changing people. Yeah. And because you have the seed of wanting to know about him, mm-hmm. what he feel God gave you, mm-hmm. eventually your life is going to lead you back to being a regular girl. And by you being in love with Mia, and tell me if I'm wrong, by you being in love with me and y'all being in a relationship, that seed in you is going to grow to change you. And it's also going to grow to change Mia to go back to where y'all supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's just pure... Speculation. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, that's a very interesting <laughs> vision and future. You, you can't see that. That's very feasible. Um, I just can't, Daddy. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I just cannot. I love our relationship how it is now. I love what it's becoming. I love the woman that she is. I, she loves the man that I am. Um, and I've I've actually seen a trans couple that are Christian, and just like me, there's a trans woman and a trans man, same as me and Mia, and they actually tried to detransition, like stop getting on hormones, um, decided to dress. Um, binary decided that the trans woman was gonna now live as a man and the trans guy was now gonna live as a female and they were unhappy it didn't work for them so were they doing that for their happiness or for yeah for yeah were they doing that to be obedient to God both because you know I had some pretty bad habits I I used to talk to a lot of different women oh yes I know trust so, me and, and, that was, <laughs> and that came to me as natural as breathing came to me, you know. But you know, Big T, Big Tanya, yes, Tanya was working with me at a at a at National. She said, "Ray," I said, "What? What's up, T? Uh, what happened?" <laughs> I said, "What do you mean? What happened? You changed. You ain't the same Ray I used to know." I said, "T, that's what that Bible and that's what God does for you. He changes you." I said, "Let me talk to you about it sometime." You know, and of course, Tanya is, uh, is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had many conversations about you. Yeah, I know. Um, so, you know, we still haven't had that conversation. She and I, you know, she still has no interest in God, but she saw the change in me because she used to be with me back in the day. You know, I've seen so. you always be very accepting of everybody, even crackheads that live across the street. Yeah. Um, uh, gay people, just everybody, and that's actually what made me be be very accepting and non judgmental of people. Yeah, I'm I'm not um, I'm not hmm, good question. Tolerant or accepting. okay? Do I accept you? I accept you, Diamond, for whoever it is that you say you want to be. Okay, I accept you. You and I could be the best of friends, and I will never have a problem with you. Uh, for the decision that you make in your life, but if you ever ask me, you say, uh, "Ray, how how you think God want me to be?" I'm gonna say, "Diamond, God want to want you to be how He made you." You know, 
That's you got to accept me for saying what I believe, because I'm going to accept you for who you are. I'm not going to. We go out and have a good time and, and sit down and have dinner, and you'll never get from me some kind of feel some kind of way. Sometimes in relationship with people, you have to accept that this is their ideology and they are not going to give that up. And in order for you to have a relationship with these people, you have to understand that they are totally against what you are doing. And if you're going to have them in your life, then this is what you're going to have to accept. Not accept their ideology, accept that, accept the truth that y'all are just different. Y'all have different opinions, y'all have different beliefs, and y'all have different ideologies. And it's always going to be that. And once you accept it, you can learn how to navigate a personal relationship with this person, or you can not accept it and not navigate a personal relationship with them at all. Because sometimes this is just their beliefs and everybody does have a right to their beliefs. And no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter how much you explain it, it is not going to trump what they believe. There's some people who just won't accept facts. There's some people who there's certain things that they, no matter what you do, (laughs) no matter what you say, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to be invested in what you believe in your ideology and their their ideology is going to be totally opposite. And you have to accept that. You got to accept that this, if I'm going to have this person in my life, this is what's, this is what I'm going to have to deal with. Let me say this though. Yeah. I do, okay, apart from the trans conversation, I do recall being younger, you saying some of my aunts were circumstantial lesbians. Um, because of them being touched on by their stepdad, I think. Um, I do remember you saying that. So do you still feel like people identify as gay or lesbian because of circumstantial reasons? Do you still feel that way or do you feel like they could be born that way? I do not believe that anyone could be born gay. Okay. Okay. So now... You don't have to clarify. Uh, I just no, no, want to, but, ask. but I want, but I do want to. I do want to. I want to hone in on it a little bit more. Okay. I think a man can be born effeminate. I think a woman can be born masculine. But does that mean that they are born to uh, mate up with the same sex? No. That means that uh, you are masculine and he is effeminate. A gender male person can have effeminate characteristics. Okay. Okay? Our society pushes them to be gay. Okay? You think I don't society think, pushes them? Yes. I think society pushes them to be gay. Um, because out of rejection. Okay? Uh, I got an effeminate dude walking down the street. He looks like a little... I don't want to be... He looks effeminate, okay? I don't want to characterize that in an ugly way so you get my point, but just please understand. I get what you're saying. Okay. I get what you're saying. So, and so then society is going to see him a certain kind of way, and so then they're going to push him into the gay community. Uh, they're going to say that this is what you are because you have effeminate characteristics about yourself. And so, and then guess what? He's going to believe that about himself. 
And so he's going to be, you know, he's going to go into the lifestyle and he's going to, you know, try to find acceptance somewhere. He's going to try to find love somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing with the, with the woman who is who has masculine characteristics. Uh, so yes, yeah, somebody can be born with effeminate and masculine characteristics. I don't feel like it's that same push with women though. If a woman is masculine, not, if a woman is masculine, people don't really push you to be in the gay community. Um, you now I have very limited uh, intersection with the gay community. Okay, so but. I can't say almost every last woman who is, um, wh- 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 how we refer to women who look, who act male? Studs. Studs. Or butch okay. lesbians. Butch, okay. Okay. Butch lesbians that I've met, every last one of them uh, that I've actually had an opportunity to know had some kind of trauma in their life. Not all that I've met. That, that I met. I, I, I did qualify that saying I had very little intersection okay, okay. with the community. The only thing about that is that there, women, All, all, all men who have alcoholic fathers don't become alcoholics, but there's a high percentage of them who do. And that's why they became alcoholics, because their fathers were alcoholics. But not all of them become. But there's enough to say, you know what, there's a scientific correlation between this dude drinking and, and being a batterer and his son being an alcoholic and batterer. There's a connection. I do feel like there's a circumstantial reason why some people do choose to be with the same sex i do feel that way but i don't feel like that's for all and the narrative that a lot of people say is that that's what it is yeah so i i get where you're going i, I get just, I, it's and also there's a lot of gay men women who are not who have not been molested right so there's yes on both sides so right. you have a lot mm-hmm. of straight women who have been molested that didn't turn gay and then you have a lot of gay women right. who have never been molested that are still gay. But I, I did qualify that by saying the stud women that I've met, that I've known. Yeah, I'm talking about them. Too. The, the stud women that I've known. There was some something there that happened. Yeah, now, I've seen other lesbian women who just like to have a good time. Right? <laughs> for some do it for men's gay sometimes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Um. So how have you been handling family feedback from? Um, like rumors and um I don't let them talk to me about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cuz I know I don't want to hear it. I, I know, hear, you know, not talk to Uncle Kyle cuz he'll have an honest conversation with me about it. Uncle Kyle's non-judgmental. Mm, he won't judge. No, 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 no. Listen, Uncle Kyle, I remember him um I understand that's your twin brother, but y'all are very different. Yeah. Very different. So I remember he would say stuff like to my and Ari, um, our cousins, about how much they don't need to be like me and Issa and how they need to be different. And he would talk, he would tell on me about me sagging my pants. Or and I remember just recently he he completely ignored that I was there uh, for Papa Ray's birthday. Or no, Big Mama's birthday, and Papa Ray was there. And it was um, everybody was there, and him and Ain't Sheety, the people that you claim to be the most less judgmental, they pretended I wasn't there. Yeah. 
So I can't pretend like I'm just going <laughs> to sit here and be like, oh, yeah. It's actually the opposite. They are so considerate of, okay, two things. Mm-hmm. Considerate and loving. <laughs> other thing, another thing, unknowing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how. I, I, okay, the other day I was at your house. I was really, really uncomfortable because he, she. <laughs> Wait, he, she. oh, having to correct yourself? What do I. How am I going to. Oh, me or don't I'm play not have this me. conversation <laughs> me without play. using uh, he or she because I don't know if it's going to be okay to say he or she. So I'm trying to have a conversation with Z about without using. The word he or she. <laughs> yes, I see. So I'm sitting here agonizing about, well, okay. And I could just bring it up and talk about it, but I didn't know if it was okay to bring it up and just talk about it and ask. <laughs> so I'm sitting here uncomfortable. And so since I'm, I'm Z daddy, I couldn't just leave. <laughs> I couldn't just sit there quiet. And then Z finally recognized that, okay, this is the thing. She called it out and we squashed it, right? That's yes. what happened at, her, at, at, at the apartment. Okay, so <clears throat> Uncle Kyle and Aishiti, um, they love Z dearly, and they are the most, the other most considerate people in my family. The other most, um, I, I, I don't want to say open-minded, but... Um, yeah, because it's not that. It's not open-minded. <laughs> not <laughs> not open-minded. Not it's not, they're not going to be grabbing pitchforks and, and, and shovels and stuff. They're, they're going to try to look at it from the most honest perspective that they can muster from their perspective. Okay? All right. Okay, so, and they're also going to be thinking about this is, uh, this is Kelvin's child, and they know if they offend you in a significant way, they're going to have problems with me. Okay, mm-hmm. they love you and don't want to offend you. So, what's the easiest default position for them? Stay away. You can't say hi. Stay away. That's ridiculous. You know. You can't say hi. You see me. You can't say hey Z. You know what they're gonna do. Hey. Z. Okay, that's fine. But just they don't know com- that's fine. just pretend I'm not there when everybody else is saying but, hi. But they don't even know what, what's okay and what's not okay. Nah, nah. Everybody know when it's appropriate to say hi to somebody that's family. No, that's, that's not the, the issue. It's appropriate to how to greet you. Hi. <laughs> Hello. That's, <laughs> not, that's not normally how you would how they would greet uh, Z. Saying hi. Not just saying hi. Okay, but saying nothing. They're choosing to try to ignore the situation, hoping that the problem will go but away. People make the shit. Hey, people but run from the problems all the time, right? Do you see, do you see the the issue in that? Hey, you just explained a situation where you were uncomfortable based on you having to do something new and different. Mm-hmm. But we got we go into new situations all the time, uncomfortable situations. At trans folks, where we have to deal with the discomfort, like I have to deal with. Um, so I'm I'm much older than Z. I'm like I'm I'm I'll be 39 next year. So mm-hmm. I the what y'all going through with y'all what he's going through with his family is I that was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so so what I what with my family and that kind of discomfort 
what I what I had to teach them is that it's not very difficult. If like my aunt, I got an aunt that's like seventy eight. She didn't call me my name until I actually got it legally changed. <laughs> and I got but my legally changed. So, but guess what she did that was kind of her way of compromising? And I didn't ask her to do it. It just was what she did. Instead of calling me my old name, she actually called me a, a female version of my <laughs> old name. Your old name. <laughs> so say my name was... Um, Daniel. Or Daniel. And Danielle. Said, Daniela. She, and my name was, she was Daniela. Even though I changed my name to Keisha or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, instead of her calling me Keisha, she would call me Daniela. Instead of calling me <laughs> my old name. Now I respected it because this is her way of compromising. Mm. But she would make the argument, like you said, that this is not how I would normally do. But look, she changed how she normally would talk to me for herself. <clears throat> you, do you see what I'm saying? Like she still mm. made the change, just in a different way, mm. and. People are in those uncomfortable situations, and sometimes it's not as hard to make the adjustment. Just so what you what you hear him say, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, is a simple hi instead of being because this going and being distant is worse than just saying a simple hi. You don't have to say Z. Just a simple hey, how you doing? Do you need something? To eat? Hey, how you doing? That's a really normal <laughs> greeting. Because immediately. What I thought was, oh, they're not accepting. Here. I'm not welcome here. Yeah. I'm not family here. When they could have easily said, well, I'm not going to say no Z. I, I know you don't want me to say no Z. So what I'm going to say is, hey, baby, how you doing? Welcome. <laughs> we know you family. You want to go get something to eat? Blah, blah, blah. I ain't said no G pronouns. I ain't said no he. I ain't said no she. I ain't said nothing other than, hey, baby, welcome. Da, 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 da. Go get you something to eat. And then leave it alone. Damn, it's not that simple. Not now we're dealing with family. Now, for somebody else, it really is simple to do that. Oh, would you want me to call you? Okay, no problem. Mm -hmm. But somebody who you love, you know what I'm saying? So now, the, the other... I tell them hi. The other part of it is... I tell them hi when I see them. <laughs> no. No. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not about to sit here and okay, justify that. There's a part that y'all haven't considered yet. Go ahead. Okay. Number one, I, I can use... I, I look at everything scientifically, so I use my situation. No, you don't. Scientifically, there's varying levels of acceptance. <laughs> okay, the first, the first thought for me was not accepting this. <laughs> okay, I wasn't gonna say anything harsh. Never, I'm never gonna say anything harsh. But how do I feel about this? I wasn't talking to nobody about it because I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not gonna show my child hate or something that be perceived as hate. So. But my first inclination would be, would sound like that, you know, sound like something that is completely unaccepting, completely narrow-minded, and you know, made I would have made a bad name that out of dig a hole I had to dig out of, you know, only because I don't know how to interface with this child of mine, <laughs> you know. So the other thing is. There's a, uh, there's a transition of growing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, um, uh, I have a responsibility in the kingdom of the Lord, right? Okay. If I'm a citizen of, the, of heaven, if I'm a citizen, adopted son of God, then I have a responsibility to 
to mitigate my actions and my as such. Is it okay for me to accept my child? Is it okay for me to not refer to my child with the, with the, with the pronoun that I've always referred to, that I always use? Is it okay as, as you know, as a citizen? Am I breaking the law? Am I breaking the rules? So that's that's what goes know. in your mind. Like, yeah. be honest, like what goes to your mind is is it? Do you think like is it okay with God for me to call Z Zahir and call Z he and him? At a certain point, that was a big question in my mind. Now it's not a question in my mind because uh, I consulted God on it. But to them, to Uncle Kyle and Ashiti, they haven't had to deal with it up front and center. They could tuck it away, put it in a suitcase, and not worry about it until, uh, you know, they talk to the brother again, you know. Mm, that's what I got. And I'm just going to shut them down. You know, I'm not going to talk to them about it, um, except on varying degrees that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> so how does Big Mama feel about it? Because she ignored me that day as well. She ignored me and Mia. So how did I want to see what her mind frame on it as to why I was ignored? Um, in, in in all things, we're supposed to pursue peace and show love. Okay, uh, that's, we're supposed to pursue peace and show love. Right. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, "When in Rome, be a Roman." He's not saying do those things that the Romans are doing, but he's also not he is also not saying make yourself be such a standout that these folks. Uh, these folks know that you're different from them. No. Oh, so you feel do like as it much was her. like them as you can, as without breaking the rules, so you can be able to talk to them and tell them about who it is that you serve. Uh, Big Mama, she thinks her job is to beat you over the head. She thinks her job is to is to to punish you on behalf of God, and maybe one day you'll see the error in your ways. Uh, I know, and what I told her, um, Mom, do you realize that you're probably going to lose any chance of having a relationship with your with your grandchild that that was ever there? You know, uh, how do you how do you think uh, Z feels about you telling her that Mia can't come? What what do you think the result of that is going to be? Uh, Z going to show up without Mia? No, that's. Z, let it, let it be known to you how important it is that Mia be able to come and well, how Z feels about the situation is not important enough for you to just allow Mia to come into your house. So that's saying that you don't want Z to come to your house. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. But it's not a phenomenon that's solely reserved for transgender or homosexual. Um, Christians like to uh, Christians like to condemn, like to try to do God's work for Him, mm-hmm. condemn you and try to you know they do that. But that's not accurate. That is not acceptable behavior of a Christian. Mm-hmm. If a Christian is doing that, then they are outside the boundaries of what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, varying degrees of acceptance. Uh, that's on one part. Varying, okay, how much can I accept according to God? Because like, you're right. You know, it gets to a point where <clears throat> this is just not of God for me. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm mm. a Christian and I believe that this is wrong, mm. 
it gets to a point where I just have to say that, okay, this is not of a God. Hmm. And so I can't accept this part of it. So, and so they don't know. And, and, and you know what? I give them that benefit of doubt. You know what I'm saying? I, but if you go talk to them and you sit down, you do like you, you can't even beat me over the head. Really, you did. Yeah, I know. You can't even. Beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, and so then she, Z allowed me to be able to talk, to be able to express myself. And she gave me, Z gave me, I'm sorry, Z. It's fine. Z gave me the license. <laughs> <laughs> So he gave me the license to to talk about it, and and there was your responsibility to give me the license to talk about it, you know. And now I can, but before then, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't get past this one point, so I can't even get to the other stuff that I'm thinking about. About, but daddy, so now that you admit that, it took me to make the initiative and beat you over the head, and that's kind of what it felt like. Throughout my life to why I couldn't express to how I felt. Like, what discomfort I was feeling. Like, how like how much I just... Uh, I don't want to say it because I don't want you to feel bad. But just, just the emotional distress I've been through. That's... I felt like I... I felt like y'all weren't open. But... I, Later, like earlier in life, I felt that way, you know, as a kid. But now me growing up and being mature about the situation and being like, okay, our parents are humans too. They're not going to get everything right. So sometimes you got to make the initiative. And now I know y'all are able to see me as an adult and capable of my own decisions and capable of my own thought process. I feel like we can come together and have an actual conversation about it but before that was what was so hard that's like that's that was so hard for me to be able to express how I felt earlier in life but I felt like even then I felt like a lot of the times you you were so you wanted me to be continue to be on like the right path I feel like you still would have shut down how I felt anyway. But but like knowing you, like you shut down a lot about like about my dreams, like and how I how I, like what goals I wanted to pursue. Not shut down, but you would give me the reality of certain things. And I felt like it was pessimistic, but I just feel like that was now I feel like that's just a parent trying to protect their child. Oh, why do you feel it would be easier to have a trans son rather than a trans daughter? Because I remember you saying that it was easier for you to accept me rather than the opposite way. If I was a guy trying to become a girl. Mm. Uh, Just societal stigmas, Mm. you know, um, it's it's much more accepting of a lesbian than it is a gay dude mm-hmm. in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be. Now, I, I would rather you be gay than transgender because, for mm. you, for your your sake, um, uh, you're you're trans to a man, but that makes you a small man. That makes <laughs> you a weak a weaker man. Oh. <laughs> and that's dangerous uh, for uh, you. That's dangerous. <laughs> if, if if somebody picking a fight with me, and then um, I stand up to him, Daddy, the odds are, no matter how big he is, I would be, I would 
I'm big enough to where I have a pretty good chance almost any man. Right? It, okay, but listen. Okay. For me to piggyback up, because I said I was going to give feedback. I have a six-foot friend. He used to be a police officer. You would never know this guy. In fact, Diamond met him. You would never know this guy was... This sounds so dumb. But you never know this guy was born female. And he is big and muscular and very strong. I'm talking about you. Ain't doing nobody else but you. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is I feel like you're making that relation to... Because you're not a big man either. So, in fact, we a few inches off height. And you don't know how strong I am. We lifted that couch together. So, I don't know. That was just weird to me. That was just weird. Okay, but I get what you're saying. I, I understand. Like, I'm a small I'm guy. I'm talking about girth. I'm talking about muscle, uh, muscle structure, all that. Okay. I, I'm built to be strong. <laughs> Okay, okay, I get where you're going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just, oh, it's okay, problematic. Am I worried about it? Okay. You know, this is your child, and your child is a small man. And coming into this world, you that that was the point. You were worried about it. Right. And okay, certain, I get it. Certain, you was worried about it. things that, that men have, you, you're new to that, and you don't understand those instincts. And there's certain dangerous times I go outside, sometimes I recognize that there is danger, you know, and <clears throat> because I've, my life is built confronting that danger because I've been the man all my my adult life, mm-hmm. uh, I know when there's danger and when there's not. I know that um, in most situations I'll be able to, with, with outside of weapons, I'll be able to protect my family, protect myself, but danger comes upon you um, number one you may not recognize it because of instincts because it takes time to develop those instincts you know I've had a lifetime of being a boy coming into being a man to mm-hmm. have those instincts home mm-hmm. okay that has nothing to do with choice it's just living right yeah okay so and also I'm built better to protect myself mm-hmm and this I conditioning look like, I look had. like a man uh, mm-hmm. you are a man um, but you are a smaller man mm-hmm. you understand okay a smaller man without the instincts to recognize the danger that men face mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying that makes sense I get okay, it okay so now uh, my child <laughs> so now how does a parent feel with their child out in the world under those circumstances, and but I, but you said it would be easier for you to accept a trans man like me rather than a trans daughter. What I'm asking is, okay, assuming the trans daughter, the boy that you raised, that's trying to become a girl, somebody like Diamond, assuming she has those instincts, um, that would be worse for me. I don't know if we got our past our signals mixed. Yeah, we did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, why is it worse for me than uh, you as a? Yeah, I'm dad. saying why. Um, because really, society, society frames a thought. 
I got my boy here, and my boy is going to carry my seed, is going to carry my name, is going to carry on. This, but you do realize they're able to do that still. Like Mia, I'm pretty sure Diamond is still able I, I, to have children. Please understand, all I'm saying is all the typical thoughts. Okay, okay. Right sorry. or wrong. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. That men have about okay. their sons. Okay. You, know, okay. you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So. Got you. And, and, they, and they think, and this is what they're thinking, you know. I didn't have my, uh, my 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 thoughts about you are all about your happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the, the typical thing that men throw onto their sons, the the, the expectations that men put on their sons. I, I don't put that on you. I uh, for Issa, I want my girl to be happy. For you, I want my girl to be happy. That's all I. That's all I. All my life, all your life, since you born, that's my goal. For you, for my princesses to be happy and to move on into adulthood with the foundation of be happy. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. I will be happy as your son. Well, that's what you're doing, right? <laughs> well, I just wanted to say that. So the the, the problem <laughs> the problem with that is. Um, for all your life I will be happy Not only to be Because I am But I will be happy To be recognized That whether I'm there Whether I'm not there um, Whether something did happen To where I don't have The instincts Because I'm too small And all this extra I would like to be respected As your son That's that's one of my aspirations In life Um what do you call the process of what you're going through? Both your medical term. transition. Transition. Mm-hmm. The transition, and mm-hmm. the, the further away your family is from you, mm-hmm. the longer that transition is going to be. But the closer your family is to you, the more traumatic <laughs> the transition is going to be. Yes, I agree faster. because. Uh, a lot. I don't know the statistic right now, but I looked up the statistics on trans folks that are close to their family, and their family are in the family that are in their lives. The less um, likely they are to deal with addiction issues, deal with suicidal issues. Um, just it's just the overall well being that people have when their family are in their lives and are supportive, and I feel like when I'm not there, it's your job to make it a safe space for me. It's your job to create a safe space, and I don't feel like you were creating a safe space for me and Mia. I'm pretty sure you wasn't aware, but I, this is why I feel like I don't feel like it was intentional. But I do feel like it wasn't a safe space that you created when um, Aunt Duchess was invited to Christmas. Because <laughs> I don't think Fatima likes her either. You know Fatima don't like her. And you know she mean to Fatima too. I'm not going to say Fatima don't like Aunt Duchess. But Fatima knows Aunt Duchess is mean to her. If you recall, I tried several times to shut that down. And you said, no, 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 it's fine. I want to have this conversation. I want to do this. I would have shut that down and kicked her out. And I shut it down a couple times. And you're like, no, 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 it's fine. I, we need to have this conversation. Remember? Okay. Because I would not true. let anybody. <laughs> I, <remember. laughs> I wouldn't let anybody come into my house and disrespect 
disrespect you. They respect Mia. Mia's a guest in my house. And I wouldn't let Duchess, and I, and I could, okay, Duchess, I know that's what she's going to do. So let me shut this down right now. But you were saying no. Okay, but the thing is, the reason why I brought up the conversation is because she came in, she came in with a chip on her shoulder. She came, you know how a Duchess is when she has something on her mind, something on her heart. She gonna let you feel it, whether she gonna fake it or not through it. But let's not lose sight of the point. The point was I didn't set up an environment to protect you. Okay, yeah, I said at the beginning you might have not have known. But I was saying in the future, I would like you to be a little more conscious of what spaces you are setting up for me and setting up for Mia as well, because I felt like the vibe immediately went off when that just walked in. And so me being the open person that I am now or trying to exercise, I was like, because I'm not open, I'm not going to lie, but but me practicing it. And me seeing, me feeling like an issue in that moment, and I knew what the issue was, okay, let's talk about it. Because I'm not about to sit here while you in my face and being sarcastic and being cute. And, <laughs> and I'm not addressing it. I felt like, I felt like there was, a, yes, there was a safer, there was a better way I could have did that. I could have did that in private. I could have been like, you know what? Let's link up another time in Duchess. I want to have a conversation with you. That was my mistake. And I really regret putting Mia in that space more than anybody because I was fine. And it was, I, I knew what to expect, but Mia did not. And Mia is not the type of person to just normally sit there and take it. So I felt, yeah, I felt like, um, I feel like that was more an error on me because it wasn't. I didn't make it safe for you either, or Issa, or Oshar. I didn't make it safe for anybody. So in that moment, I just thought about me and being confrontational. So, but I, I was thinking like, did he know? Like, I'm pretty sure you knew about. Hey, Dutch just feeling some type of way towards me, knowing how she is. Duchess is a contrarian. She's gonna be contrary to no matter what it is. Uh, you can say the sky is blue, and she's gonna say no, it's white. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's just how she built. She's, you know, she's not very happy. She's hateful. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so what made you bring her there? Like, I just really want to know. Like, I'm not trying to be like you shouldn't have because I know that's your sister and that's your baby sister, mm-hmm. but. I understand. I know you're a type of person where you're trying to bring the family together, and I I get that's the reason why. But I'm saying like why that specific character? If you know that character is like that, like I could see it being like Aunt Shifty or Uncle Kyle mm-hmm. or, but yeah. Um, number one, she got to respect my house. You know, she got to respect. You come into my house, and you got to respect my house and my guests. You know, and my people. So she wouldn't have been able to do that without your without you being okay with it. I know you weren't okay, but you gave permission for that to, to go on. I didn't know. I didn't know she was coming. No, you I, didn't I, tell I, me. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying her coming. I'm saying her doing something to be disrespectful to you. Or to oh, me. yeah. I brought that, that part on to myself. I'm not worried about that part, but I'm saying you knowing what type of person... My, my deciding to be in an interracial relationship, I'm deciding to get extra set of eyes on my life. When I walk into a restaurant, 
I'm gonna get some looks that I wouldn't get if I was with a black woman. Whoa! I walk into uh, I walk into a restaurant. I walk into the family to, to meet her family. I'm walking in wondering about what they're gonna feel about black folks. But if I was walking to it with a black woman's family, I wouldn't think that at all. So that's what you were doing. You were trying to things. get another perspective on Mia. No, I wasn't trying to get a perspective. I'm just saying that you need to recognize that because you made some decisions in your life, the situations are going to be a little bit more different than what they normally would be, and that's on you to deal with. It's on me to deal with to make sure that you are in a safe environment, in an environment that nobody's going to be disrespecting you, in an environment that you know that you're going to you're going to be my child up in here. But all the other stuff tangential to it. That's something that you created by your choices. You understand? But the reason why, I guess what I'm getting is you should know, you shouldn't, I feel like there's, you should know where two people stand if you're going to have them as guests there. Like you should say, hey Z, I'm having Duchess here. How do you feel about that? Or hey Duchess, how do you feel about Z? Instead, I'm caught by surprise. Her coming in like, hmm, like on you know how she is. Her coming like, hmm, ain't nobody gonna whip me. Like, kind of <laughs> like that. So okay. I'm saying, what's sister, on your mind? My mean, nasty sister for all my life. Mean, nasty, and ugly in terms of attitude. Okay, that's how she's always been. Okay, my child, <laughs> my child Z, and her friend Mia, who I want to meet. That's it. That's 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 uh, okay. That was your mind frame, right? And and so I think that's where my responsibility is. Okay, the consequences of mm-hmm. her decision to be mean, nasty—that's not my concern about her decision to be mean and nasty and have a miserable life. You know, so she don't get along with folks. She don't have a good time. She don't. She gonna sit there for most of the point and be looking like this all the time. I can't be concerned about that, about her. I just know she's my sister. I invited her. If she don't get along with O'Shawn, with uh, with Sean, that's her problem. If she ain't happy for being around family, that's her problem. She needs to address it, right? Okay, so um, you, my child, you're there because I want you there. Um, if you are uncomfortable because you know the political persuasions of that mean, nasty person over there, that's something you have to fix in your mind that you got to deal with. So do you think it's something I just need to just... I, I know how I should have handled it, but in the future, do you think i just be like, okay, this is my family, and even though I know she feels some type of way towards me, I'm going to just pretend like nothing going on. And just, it's family, so... Okay. I know how I should have handled it. So I'm, That's I'm probably speaking to be yes. I'm speaking to the LGBT community. <laughs> the biggest problem that folks like me uh-huh. and my brother have with the community is, um, my perception is the community is not happy with me saying, "Live your life, do what you want to do." Uh, it, my perception is that the community wants. Uh, wants me to say I accept you for what you do I accept the LGBT community and I think that they, they want me to have a political statement about it and I don't have any statement at all about the community 
know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, you decided to, to make your decisions. That doesn't change how I feel about you. It wasn't related to transition. No, 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 no. But but understand. Uh, yes, it was. No, it was not related to me transitioning. Uh, it was related uh, to me talking, s- s- confessing to something that her son was involved in. Okay, but you're saying I knew how uh, I knew how she felt about. You're transitioning in your situation, but I invited her anyway. No, I didn't mean that. I don't want to talk never, about it here, but I never heard about it until that day. As, yeah, at my house. that's what it was. That it didn't have nothing to do with me transitioning. It was, it was that situation. That's why I say it's your responsibility to know what type of space you're creating, because I I feel like that's silly for you not to know. Oh, okay. I wanted my, I invited my sister. I invited my son and their um, date, mm-hmm. and I I don't know how it was all going to all react because you made decision to transition, so it's going to be some things that come along with making that decision. And correct me if I'm wrong. And I would have shut down any untoward activity on my sister's behalf that would be, that would disrespect uh, Z and but Mia. You decided. Yes. Right. Back and forth. So his responsibility ended there. Right. You don't know how other people's going to react. He can't control that. Exactly. Yes. But, but what I'm saying is that's that's for the miscommunication with. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I would know. I would check in with. I just would check in. Like, hey, this is all who coming. Y'all cool? Like, I don't know. Like, if I'm, if I, I know there's I family want you drama going on, huh? I don't want you not to come. I know I'm not gonna let anybody uh, disrespect Mia. I'm not gonna let anybody disrespect you. But I don't want to throw it out there to make you uh, hesitant not to come because I wanted y'all to come. I would have came, but That's I would have just been like, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I would just been like, I'm not comfortable with hey, that. Just and we would have had a conversation with about it. <laughs> That's how I felt But you know Trial and error <laughs> It is what it is I take responsibility For my actions That was wrong of me that Okay I, I got a question for you I know we're getting Short on time Not mm-hmm. accepting um, Trans Is that hate Is that hateful If If um, If I don't accept If I don't accept That this is something That's right Or it should be done Is that hateful Or bad behavior No Z um, you said not accepting trans is that hate? No, I feel like you can misunderstand something and still respect somebody's space to be here. If you if you throwing my humanity out the window, that's when I have a problem. But just the same how I feel about white people, you don't have to you don't have to live with me. You don't have to live by me, but you will allow me like my existence to be here. You, you can be over there if you want to be. You don't have to agree with me. Well, you will respect me as a human. That's how I feel. I don't push for everybody to accept me. You know, I, I, I work with... I'm the only black person at my job. And I see a lot of attitudes and stuff. And it don't bother me at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. As long as they don't do anything disrespectful to me. 
then think how you want to think. I don't care. That's my you know, position. So my position has always been even with my family. I'm not asking anybody to accept me. I don't expect everybody to accept me. Mm-hmm. All I ask is respect. Right, I care right. about respect. I don't mm-hmm. care about To, uh, when I come to my family's house that can't respect my pronouns, that can't respect my name, that I will uh, see now you just crossed it. Oh, hold on, I'm that's not. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's what respect is. So think about it. If you can't, this me. There's mm-hmm. other trans folks that accept that shit. I don't. And also, there was a transition period with my mother. People I care about, I got a little bit more patience for. Mm-hmm. And I think. Z has a lot of things mm. for what y'all got going on. Mm-hmm. So there was a cha- there was a time in my early transition when I let my mother use my old name because I knew this was a process for her. I respected that. I understood it. But now that I'm almost 40, if you still using my old name, you got me <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like it, it's very different. Because there's some people who are just holding on it to hold on. They're not trying to change. Mm-hmm. They're just holding on, da da da. But my mother, I could I could see her trying to adjust. And now I don't have any issues with my mother. But it for me, it's not about accepting. It's about how you treat me in your space. And if you disrespect me, then I choose to not be around the people who disrespect me. I just say, okay, I'm not like my grandmother, for instance. I didn't go to her funeral. I didn't do anything with her because my grandmother was really honest about she's a Christian, not not living a Christian lifestyle, but she's claimed to be a Christian. And so, but she was real honest. I'm never going to accept that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to use that pronoun. And I was, and I was like, okay, great, cool. So what my grandmother is telling me is that she's not going to accept who I am. So I never went to her house. Because I, w- I don't want to force her in a situation that will make her uncomfortable and make me disrespected. So I never went to her house. I remember when she needed help, because um, she ended up having cancer, she in- needed help. I wouldn't go over there, have my other brothers, my brothers who are not trans, ha- call them and have them help you. Well, they busy. I'm busy. I'm, I don't mess with you. So you're not about to get the benefit of having me as a grandchild <laughs> if you can't respect me. So you don't accept me, I don't accept that from you. So we don't accept each other. So stay where you are. I'm not gonna force myself, my life, or any choice that I make in your space because I don't wanna be disrespected and I don't want to disrespect you. So we separate. I didn't think she hated me. I don't think of that as hate. I think you just don't accept me. So I have to make the decision that the sacrifice that I'm making for the choice that I made and the sacrifice you're making for your choice to not accept me, both of us are making choices, is that we don't be in each other's lives. And so for my for my grandmother, that was a choice I was willing to make. My mother would have been a harder choice because that's my mother. It would have been a harder choice, but I was willing to make it. But I didn't have to because my mother transitioned with me. My mother said... This gonna take me some time. I don't understand it. I had other dreams for you as my son, but give me some time. And I gave her time. And at this point, our relationship is great. So for me, it's not just the not accepting. The hate comes in when your actions turn into things that harm me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at work, you cannot accept me. Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to get me fired because I'm trans, then that's hate. If you see me walking down the street and your actions is to be violent to me, 
that's hate. It's not that you just that it's not right, accepted. right. You cannot accept. I don't care about not being accepted, but the difficulty is when you are in when it's somebody like like a family member who is not accepted, and you got to make this decision to either deal with the 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 disrespect or deal with the um or just deal with the leaving them alone. And so it's not. I don't think we care about. The accepting what the community as a whole cares about is how your actions are affecting our lives. Are you firing us from jobs? Are you not letting us get health care? Are you not? Um, are you just not respecting the names that we want to be called? I changed my name years ago, so if you, this is my legal name, <laughs> so if you're not doing these things, then that that causes me harm. It causes me disrespect. So when you're doing the actions that's harmful, that's when it's negative. But just saying. You know, I just don't accept that. I actually like and prefer people like that because it lets me know, okay, I don't need to be around this person. They don't accept me who I am. So cool. I, I'll, I'll go about my business. I, I remember I had an Aunt Catherine that totally didn't accept it. And when I went to her house, not knowing her position on it, I was sitting on the chair just kind of on my phone and I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, but there was a conversation happening in the kitchen about her not being comfortable with me being in the house. And so when I came into the kitchen, once I realized what was going on, I came into the kitchen and I said, oh, I somebody brought me over here. I wouldn't have came, I promise you. If I knew this was your feeling, I wouldn't have came because I don't force myself on people. I don't care if you don't accept me. I just won't be around you. And that's cool. That's the choice we made. I said, but you being really negative right now. So let me call my mother <laughs> because... I called my mother on three-way, and I said, because I'm, I, I, when people hurt me, I like to hurt them. That's just kind of <laughs> the, who I am. And I called my mother, and I said, Mama, I'm here at Catherine's house, and she's basically saying that she doesn't want me in her house, so I'm about to leave. But who was the woman that molested you when you were six? Catherine. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that the family knew that since that's a, since that, that's a hot secret. <laughs> that, since you're judging me and I ain't did none of no molesting. I ain't did no kind of touching no kids. I'm just here addressed and you mad. <laughs> but you molested my mama. One of the reasons why she messed up how she is. Because you. So now I'm about to leave. <laughs> so that once part. I... Once, actually, once I started to be like that as I got older, because I was shy too when I was younger, once I got a little bite back when I was older, people stopped fucking with me like that. Not fucking, like, they would still want me around because I was a good person, but they stopped playing those type of games with me. Mm -hmm. And so, I, did, I never put my, when, as I grew up, I never put myself in situations where somebody told me that they didn't accept me and I'm forced into that situation. No, I wouldn't want to deal with that. My thing is only if your behavior is harming me. Not just you saying you you don't accept me. I don't care about you not accepting mm. me. Okay. Mm. That's what it seems like politically the community wants to do. Yeah, no. You know. I think this is a common misconception about our community. And really in any community that is marginalized, go through a level of this. For example, I'm a black woman. As a black person, I really personally don't care. If John Smith is racist in his home, I don't care what he does in his home. What I do care about is how those ideologies affect policies in the country that I live in that affect 
whether or not I get access to a better quality of life. If you are changing policies, if those racist ideals are forcing you to vote against policies that affect my life in a positive way, then you are doing something that affects me. So I'm not, I'm, when I buck up against this system, it's not bucking up against to change your mind. It's not really bucking against an individual. It's bucking up against the rules, the laws, the policies that affect my life in a negative way. I want to make sure that if I go to a job and I get fired for being trans or fired for being gay or not promoted because I'm a woman, I want to make sure that I have the legal strength to fight back. I want to make sure that if I get kicked out of an apartment complex because I'm trans, because I'm gay, because whatever reason, I have some legal discourse to be able to go and do what it, do what I need to do to get back at the people who are trying to unjustly kick me out of my home. These are the things that we're barking up against. I don't care if you go to church and you stand in the church pulpit and talk about how um, we're abominations. If that's your belief, go for it. But when those beliefs go outside of that church and start to affect the government and how I pursue my dreams and my beliefs, then that becomes a problem for our community. And that's what we are against. The complication is that we live in a democracy and we are a small minority of people. And so in order for us to get the protections and the change and get the amount of votes and get the right people in office, we have to convince some people who are not in our community to see our side of the story and respect us and see our humanity enough to where they are voting in our favor, voting in our happiness, voting that we have a right to pursue happiness in the way that we deem is appropriate for us. And so in the process, you see us trying to convince these people who are on the fence. If you are not on the fence and you never will accept us or who we are, we're not trying to convince you. We're trying to convince the people who are on the fence, who who are open, who may not be a part of our community, but who are allies that can say, you know what, I think they're right and I'm going to vote in their favor. That's what you see us doing. Do you feel like there's any way for churches to be LGBT inclusive? Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a couple different levels on that. Mm-hmm. The church, okay, mm-hmm. that's not something made with that's not something made with hands. Mm-hmm. The church is the actual group of people, alive and dead, mm-hmm. um, who are joined together by mm-hmm. the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because they believe in what Jesus Christ did for them. Right. Okay, that is the church, and the head of the church is Jesus Christ. Okay, so now, um, whether or not somebody who is a practicing um, lesbian, LG, uh, whatever, whether they can enter enter into the church, that's up to Jesus Christ. That's up to God, and to say that somebody who is is in the lifestyle cannot enter or can enter. That's based on a personal relationship that they have with Jesus Christ, and that's up to Christ whether or not he saves him, you know. Okay, so 
my thinking is um, nobody is perfect. No one. No one is sin free. Absolutely no one. Uh, the difference between somebody who I, we, I would call a sinner, somebody who has not accepted Christ, and a Christian, somebody who has accepted Christ, is Christians, uh, their life is not characterized by sin. And when they sin, they don't want to. <laughs> they didn't want to, and they feel guilty. Somebody who is not a Christian, their life is characterized on how it's all about. It's characterized on how they want to live, without thinking about God, and that type of life. Uh, um, the character of it will be a sinful character, and when they sin, uh, the only time that they hate the fact that they sin is they get caught doing something bad. <laughs> but other than that, they're happy and and if they achieve what they wanted to achieve by sinning, you know. So you feel so. like churches should be welcoming to anybody that want to hear the word. Okay, so if okay, I, if, Diamond, if I want you to be a Christian, uh, how is it that you could become a Christian? If you never hear the word of God, okay. So um, I don't know what you I don't know what you as far as church. I'm just using this example, okay. So if you don't ever hear the word of God, because Christians never came to you to talk to you about what Jesus Christ is all about, then how are you going to ever make a decision to receive Christ? So the idea of uh, it is not biblical for Christians to show hate to the degree that they don't want you around them or close to them. They can't talk to you because of the decision that you made. Uh, there, I used to believe that sins are different. Or no, there were no difference in sins, uh, little ones and the big ones. Mm-hmm. There is a variance, but <clears throat> abomination. So, so God, you can you you get God will punish all sin, but He will punish some sin. Uh, some sin have worse consequences. Okay, so, but my job, if I think that you are not, if, if, if my job, if I think that you are somebody who needs to receive Christ, who should receive Christ, is to lovingly introduce Him to you. It's to have a conversation with you, to establish a relationship with you so I can have a conversation with you. Uh, not to shun you because of how you look. Not to shun you because of the decisions that you make. Uh, he, you know, the average Christian probably seeing on the way to talk to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> um, love and peace. And to the degree that we can display the word. So to, Z, to answer your question is... Um, all people should be allowed to come to church. Now, um, I think your real question is: Should L uh, should LGBT LGBT <laughs> people be allowed to fully express their lifestyle uh, 
in churches as Christians as LGBT? Is that your real question? No, but hey, I'm I'm asking how did you ask how did you said it? Go ahead. Um, <laughs> now this is at the, the expense of offending you guys. I, I promise you, I won't be offended. Okay, <laughs> I won't either. But go ahead. I'm, I might go, on, but that's about it. <laughs> Diamond, I don't, I don't think your decision to transition to a woman is something that makes God happy. I think God would prefer you and want you to remain as you were born, as He made you. Same thing with Z. So, having said that, um, churches must conduct church services, worship services that are acceptable to God and in accordance with his word you know um, so yes LGBT please come please come and hear the word of God but don't 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 come in order to change what the Bible says don't come in order to change what doctrine says come in order to seek God and be welcomed by loving people who want to help uh, you get on the pathway to finding God, to finding a relationship with God. LGBT, if you have a relationship with Christ, then continue to come. Continue to ask God to help you find the pathway to to the best life that he wants for you. You know, Fundamentally, don't agree. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, if I go to a church mm-hmm. and I get to that point where we fundamentally don't agree, I have to leave. That's how I experience church. I experience mm. where it gets to a point where I just, like what he just said, I just fundamentally don't agree. I believe God made me what I am. Mm. So. If I go to a church that believes what he believes, even if they're loving and nice, I know that this is not the church for me. I know that this is not a place that is loving for me, who I am. I can't come to this place whole, Mm. so I have to walk away from it. And I think that's the hard decision that Mm. LGBT people have to make is that they have to walk away from that because they'll never accept you. The they they look at the Leviticus eighteen twenty two. This is abomination, and abomination is one of the worst sins. So if you are doing the abomination, <laughs> they're never going to accept you. They're never going to accept you, and so. Well, I don't. I, I will say I don't. Because I'm a lover of God, I don't concern myself on people's opinions too much. But I get what you're saying too. Like certain, like for instance, I remember going to church with my sister, our family church, and my auntie's husband had singled out. With, she was a young mom at the time, just had a baby, and um, she was 19 when she had her baby. And we went there, and she was very fragile at that time. And he had pointed something out about young moms and girls getting pregnant too early. And I felt bad for her. I was like, oh, because like I have yet to experience the moment where like I've been pointed out for being LGBT. But I was like, I'm pretty sure that's how it would feel. And that would be my late. <laughs> and I would probably want to leave. I will 
See, that, that, that's not acceptable behavior from a Christian. Okay. My thing is this. Um, yes, have your position. But if you're going to base any of your position on God or the Bible, then allow the Bible to inform your position. Okay. And so you're saying, ah, you're going to get to a point to where you don't agree these people are never going to affect you. Then that, that shouldn't be... Um, that should not be the thing to stop you from earnestly seeking what the Word of God says. Now, that's a religious experience, and, and religious experiences are not good, almost on, never, on any circumstance. So if it's all about going to church, being with the people, having a good time, da 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 that's religion. That's religious. Church should be about pleasing God. Church should be about living the best way that we can according to the Word of God. Okay, so if you have a position, it should be informed. If if you want to include, if you want to include God, it should be based off of this. And so we can't always understand what this means and what it says. But if you believe in so, God, you know that, that I can have a belief that I have a gift of discernment. That you have a belief that you got a gift of discernment. So just like we've talked about one scripture and we see it totally different. But I believe in my heart and my anointing that God made me uh, how I feel. Okay. It's how it is. But you is totally opposite. Than so let, let, let's use our disagreement with this scripture, interpretation of that scripture as an example. Okay. I'm somewhat learned in the things of the, the Bible. You're somewhat learned. I see it. And I see something a little bit different than what you see. So then what we should do then is go to other scripture to interpret that scripture for us, not come out of left field. I'm, I'm not saying you come out of left field, but not, I don't. I, I shouldn't be coming out of left field with something some dude said over here, and then trying to give it to you to shove it down your throat as an interpretation of this scripture. I should go to another scripture and say, "Hey, uh, this okay? You you said you think it says this? I'm thinking it's a little nuanced in." So let's go to another scripture to find out what God's standard is on this. Okay, and then so we use scripture to interpret scripture. And so then we teach, then that way we keep judgmental and all that kind of stuff out of it, you know. Because yeah, honest pers- don't agree. I, I just think that's a reality of the situation. But I also think that we, um, like I said, I think that I'm, I'm just meant to um, minister to different people. We to, both bring them, bringing them to the love of God. To what end? What is the love of God? Um, for me, it's unconditional. No, no, not, no, not for you because we're talking about absolute truth, right? So what is it that you but mean? We're two separate human beings. You're not going to ever agree. If you absolute that truth. I'm supposed to be a man, we ain't never going to. How we think about life, how we think about being, how we think about the God. If I think if I if I think that you're supposed to be a man, it has nothing to do with whether I respect the fact that you are a woman. Because you choose to be a woman. I got no problem with saying, hey, you're a woman. But it, you know, in my heart of hearts, you know, God created this, everything. We don't have the ability to 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 create any law 
But let I me, can't change gravity because I don't like gravity. Let me say something though. One thing uh, that we do, we admit to our biological sex though. Like I, that's news to me. I don't think she. I don't think she does that. Like we do, but she. She had. Yeah, she identifies. I, okay, go ahead. As a woman, but. We we both are in re- She's in reality That she has a male body I'm in reality That I have a female body Like we're aware of that So how's that How's that indictment of me Saying that God sees you As a man That's her We both Like even we have different huh? Even we have different perspectives Like even we see things differently that's that's just part of human nature to me. Like I feel like you're always like I feel like I feel like you're you have the right to have your own opinions. As the absolute as truth is never gonna change. As yes, long as they don't but, contradict yeah. the truth. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. No problem. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that we're gonna talk about now what I prefer to do is Study that scripture. Then you and I come back <laughs> together again. And then you study that scripture. And then, okay, let's see what, what lines up with uh, what's more consistent with the, with the word of God. What interpretation is more consistent with the word of God? Is the scripture mentioned somewhere else in the Bible? Because God does that a lot. He'll mention some other scriptures, you know, in different parts of the Bible. He'll quote them, actually, you know. So, but I ask you, what is... Um, what is the point of church? What is the point of, of it all? You say the love. What does that mean? What do you mean? What does it mean? What What's the point of church? What is the whole point of church? I'm asking you too. Busy. So, mm-hmm. um, the point of church is. No, I want I want Diamond to answer first. Fellowship. The point of church to me is fellowship. Okay. Uh, what is the point of the church? Yeah, I described the church a little while ago. What is the point of the church? Fellowship. It's fellowship in the name of God. That's what it is to me. So what, what, what's the mission? What's the final mission of the church? Of a Christian or the church? Okay, I'm talking about a real Christian. I'm talking about Christian. What is, what is the fundamental mission of a Christian? Of a Christian is to convert people and to God. Hmm? To convert people to God. To convert people to God? Uh, for to what end? What you mean? To get to why, why is it important to convert somebody to God? Mm-hmm. So they can have everlasting life and be and worship the Lord. Okay, I would answer that question is to be saved from the wrathful judgment of God. That's the point. The whole point of the church is to. Bring the truth of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to someone so that they will believe. And so once they believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, they no longer have to pay for their sins. And Jesus Christ paid for the sins for them. What is, uh, what is the payment required for sin? Uh, the wrath of God. What is the wrath of God? Um, eternal separation from God and... Um, eternal torment in a place of punishment in a lake of fire. So that is called the wrath of God. That's the point of the church. So how does that scripture that we read 
uh, take us to the point, close to the point of um, somebody who doesn't believe in Christ believing in Christ. How does it? How, what is the purpose of that scripture? How does that lead us there? For me? No, I'm just that. That's a rhetorical question. That anytime you're studying scripture, you should ask. Okay, how is this scripture bringing me and whoever I'm telling it to? Closer to the point of avoiding the wrath of God and enjoying the love of God and having the peace of God, you know. So that, that those were, that's what scripture is for. So, to get back on subject, yes, <laughs> um, how would you describe your relationship with your children now? How um, would you want it to be? Men. They do love by doing stuff. Yes. That's how they that's how they exhibit love. But not not all doing, you know. Not all. Right, not all. <laughs> if a man go out and wash his wife's car, see, baby, I love you. I wash your car. <laughs> mm-hmm. But women, they, it's not. <laughs> that don't equate. Did you wash my car? How did, how did you, just tell me you love me. You know, just <laughs> pat me on the butt. Get something, you know, wow. give me a hug. <laughs> that shows you love me. But men, they do stuff to to show love, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, and they feel good after they do stuff to show that the, to the people that they love. So I'm able to do stuff for Issa more so than I'm able to do for you. <laughs> I was happy to be able to come over and, and take that couch up and almost kill myself. You know. What <laughs> <man>? <laughs> So mm, I, that, and I can lift it with no problems, you know. Mm-hmm. Me being small and all, <laughs> man, I was able to lift that bad boy. Go ahead. <laughs> I take offense to that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> small men, you, you know, they do have complexes about being small. You know, you know what I'm saying. I had a small drill instructor. <laughs> <laughs> he's the meanest one, so he's the most small instructor because he was the smallest. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. but don't. <laughs> so I'm just teasing at you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so closing out for the people, you know, what would be your advice to fathers that are dealing with this? Mm. The, uh, the first thing: be slow to speak. Um, put your <laughs> love hat on. Um, try to understand that. Um, However you feel at the moment, you need to be able to communicate to the person that uh, that you love, and you need to see the situation from their perspective and respect respect that they have their perspective and that they have their voice, and you need to listen to what they have to say, and then reestablish. The lines of communication, the love lines based on the decision that they made. And no matter how you feel about that decision, even if you think you can change their mind some kind of way, you're not going to be able to do that if you make them hate you because mm-hmm. they would not make a decision like that unless it was very important to them. Mm-hmm. So you have to respect their decision. No matter how you feel about it, you have to respect it if you want to have a relationship with that person. Because... If somebody believes in something so much where they change their body physically, that means they truly believe that. Oh, and yes. Your ideas and <laughs> thoughts and stuff are not going to be minuscule 
you know, in comparison to it. So don't try to go out and hit it at the park by thinking you can change their mind. No. Uh, it's best to reestablish the relationship that you had or that you thought you had because obviously if you didn't see it coming, you didn't have a relationship that you thought you had. Mm. So go establish a relationship, listen to what they have to say, come with some kind of grounds of communication to where you can comfortably talk back and forth to each other. Cool. You know. Now, had I done that in the beginning, me and Z wouldn't, we would be further along. The <laughs> right, you can't just yeah. do stuff. You just, you got to be vocal. You got to communicate. Yeah. I understand men want to do stuff, but that's why a lot of people feel like they got daddy issues because they daddy busy doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I defend <laughs> Z at every point. And the people who are close to me, they know that um, uh, if you step off on the wrong way with this situation or what do you think about Z, you're going to end up with a problem with me. They all know that. <laughs> Even my wife. She know that she want to talk about Z. That's mm-mm. not until you understand more. We ain't going to talk about that. Not until you try to understand what Z is going through uh, can you talk to me about it. Mm. You know, because I'm not on firm enough foundation to be able to defend it and I'm still my child I'm not going to let you talk about Z you know Mm -hmm. so just leave me alone about it and think what you will think what you may you know but don't don't it's not I can't talk to Uncle Kyle about it I can't talk to Aunt Sheeta about it because they love you they love me and they have their thoughts and their value system with regard to your decision Mm -hmm. you know they respect me enough not to throw you into uh, you know not to think more worse of your character it's just Mm. just a decision that you made okay you know what I'm saying so it don't change how they feel about you at all okay and and if you engage them you will come back with love you engage Big Mama you'll come back with hate you engage us, you're going to come back with hate. <laughs> you, you engage Nanny, you're going to come back with love. You engage Aunt Dee Dee, uh, she's going to try to show love, but she, gonna, she might do some of her strange religious stuff. You know, mm. she might, you might come away with some kind of strange religious experience. I've already, you know. I've already told Nanny that I forgave her um, from the first Hey Auntie episode. Um, but there's only so much I can do on my but end. I think when Nanny just understand that part of her character is stepping in it mm-hmm. in a big way with all of us, not just you. You just happen to, you know, land in her crosshairs. But it's part of her character to make humongous, gigantic mistakes uh, with all of her family and then having to clean it up. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't specific to you. <sighs> Thank you so much, Father. With us, thank y'all for listening. Uh, can you send me a link to whatever?
Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right.